the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know what's fun is when you have somebody come back to join you on the air, and I go stand by, and they put their headphones on. They know what that means. And she's she's got herself the microphone. Pull that microphone up closer. Now, you know better than that. Get right on the microphone. Elizabeth is here. She has joined us today, but... I'm going to tell you what, I'm really excited, and I said this last week. I've been talking about you, girl, a lot. Oh, I Over the it. last week, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, see, we're on Facebook <laughs> we're Live. On Facebook Live. That's Whitney Davis. Whitney was, what year did you come on my show? I think just, it was my sophomore year. I think it's been nine years. Nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was you, <laughs> Josh Mesker, and Christian Olson, and you were my uh, young folks panel basically and you guys were great you guys did a great job i i'm sure you got a lot of kickback off of that people saying i hear you on the radio yeah yeah it was great we yeah. had our own facebook page yeah it was it was a lot oh, of fun did you now yeah. okay it was a lot it, we had a great time then she had to go to college darn and off to u of a she went how long did it take you to graduate from u of a four years four years then you went from there you went to usc yes and uh, you got your master's there, is that right? Yes. You kind of did that in a little quicker, wasn't it, than what most people do? It? it took two years plus a summer semester, so a little over two years. And and yeah. she would show up on Facebook, uh, Elizabeth, with mustaches and stuff like that, <laughs> har- harassing people on the campus of USC with you know libertarian ideas and stuff and these people were freaking out <laughs> a girl after my own heart good job <laughs> really shout out great. to young americans for liberty yeah you're really uh, yeah, I was, yeah. i'm very familiar with yal yeah, yeah it's a great group she's you know she's uh, i think that she's a brilliant young woman and it's good look at her she's looking at you and going oh, oh here goes dave again <laughs> anyway she's it's just really nice to have you back thank you so much and thank you, you for you've been me. so successful i always i always told all three of them they were going to be very very successful and christopher or, or christian has been very successful working uh with uh, the state government uh, he worked with the governor for a while and i think we sat here and thought a little bit we think that he's with the secretary of state's office now and also uh josh mesker went on to become you know got elected on the uh quorum court Quorum down court. in, Celine, mm-hmm. in Celine county he's been very successful and so is this woman right here you've been to china and all kinds of places yes and i don't want to go back to china <laughs> was it was it intimidating absolutely i mean my cell phone service didn't really work it smelled like gasoline everywhere. I've heard from fellow coworkers that have been this year, it's getting really, really bad. But um, yeah, I've gone to South Korea, Europe. Where I did you go the world. in South Korea? Seoul? Seoul. Mm-hmm. Was this work? A lot of people, yes. 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 Yeah, a lot of people mm-hmm. do not understand how cool South Korea really is. I loved it. It was my favorite country, actually. Yeah, good mm-hmm. place. I was over there when I was in the military. I loved the South Korean people. And uh, Seoul. See, that's what a lot of people didn't understand when you're talking about North Korea, South Korea, and about, you know, they hate each other. 
And I think Seoul is no more than 35 miles from the demilitarized zone. How many people mm-hmm. in that city? 16 million? Mm-hmm. Something Huge like that. number. I mean, you Sounds think right. about just conventional warfare. You could kill millions of people like that over in, in uh, South Korea. Mm-hmm. That's why they kind of walk around on little cat's feet over there. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> Don't want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you Do you have to go back anytime soon? Uh, no, but I am going to Japan to visit my sister in a couple nice. weeks. She's over in Japan. Yes, What's my brother-in-law's deployed at Yokota. Oh, over Yokota Air mm-hmm. Force Base. Yes, that's a good place. Oh, they love it. The whole family's there. Expensive, but a nice place to go. <laughs> Definitely. See, I was on Guam, so I I was with FEN, Far East Network, and uh, I was in Korea. I was in Japan. I was in, you know, Okinawa and the Philippines, all part of the Far East Network over in the Pacific. Great place. Beautiful, I'm sure. Yeah, oh yeah. I you'll, haven't been you'll like over yet, there. So. <laughs> you'll like Japan. Japan's a good place. Just don't end up in the places I used to go to. Not good. <laughs> I, I don't think you have to worry about that. <laughs> We're going to Disneyland uh-uh. or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. You're going to the equivalent. <laughs> You'll be amazed at how you think that we are on the cusp of uh, of uh, uh, technology. Mm-hmm. We're not even close. No, no. I'm just telling you, we're not even close. Japanese, it's just a, a way of life. It's amazing. And has been for a while. Yeah, for a long, long time. I mean, they were the first ones really getting into it. And yeah, it's just kind of amazing. Just don't buy Hawaii. No, yeah. <laughs> but that's Chinese, though. Well, but isn't that like the d- dominant company for most of the uh, electronic? Uh, you know, for like you buy a phone or 5G whatever? 5G communications equipment. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so Huawei's for dominant. just a moment, I'll step, I'm going to step back because I. I can't even talk about what she does. All right, she is so far ahead of me. Explain what your what your specialties are. This is like every time I come home, and my I parents know. are like, oh, "You do something with electronics." I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, really important stuff with electronics. So I'm a technically I'm called a product marketer, product marketing engineer for Texas Instruments, and. I do a mixture of marketing and business development. So I own tens of millions of dollars. They trust me with that for some reason. And I have to travel the world meeting with customers trying to sell my products. I also sell through the web. So I develop some of the content for the web. And as far as the look and feel of our product portal page as well. That's the gist of it. There's more details into it. Okay, <laughs> so when you when you went to college and you told me you were going to go into engineering, I didn't know exactly the kind of engineering you're going into. Because, look, there's more. An engineer is just not the person who builds a building or something like that, an architectural engineer. We're talking, you know, technology and all the kind, yeah, the cell phones, the whole nine yards. Automotive yard. is one of my biggest markets right now. So there's hundreds of ECUs in every vehicle. Okay. And so that's something that I, I work in. Okay, for my average listener out there, ECU, what does that mean? Uh, it can mean, <laughs> so um, embedded computer unit. Um, so there's, there's controller 
controller units for all different parts of the car. You have them for your doors, for your seats, for your infotainment, for your ADAS, for even uh, steering and your Mm -hmm. steering column. Now they're replacing the steering column and getting rid of that with steer by wire. There's so much electrification that's going on in the car that I wasn't aware of. All electric. This is why your mechanic can't just fix your car because it's all electronic now. Right. (laughs) Well, they just plug it in and then clear and And restart. (laughs) They start looking at things. But I've talked to, you know, Joe and all of the guys from Bumper to Bumper who are on the show time to time here, and they all admit that if you want to be a a tech, they're not mechanics anymore. They are technicians Mm -hmm. uh, that you have to get uh, people to want to come in and work on cars, and they got to have an IT background now to be able to do it. You got to be I believe it. Yeah. Can't be afraid of a computer anymore. You know, you got to get in there and get at it. Sorry to remind you, Dave, but our days are over. Those old cars that you could just take the mechanical part out, See, put the I mechanical want part back. I want it don't happen that, that way. I want to, to be able to fix my car under a shade tree. Shade yeah. tree mechanics is what they're well, called. You might be able to change the tire. But here's the thing. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> if it doesn't have a sensor in it for the low tire. There, there are a lot of sensors there. Happen. This is going to happen sooner or later, an EMP. It's going to happen. Oh. And when it does, all your cars you got right now ain't going to work. They're going to stop right where they're at. And then... I'll have some old beater that doesn't have all that crap you on hope. them, and I'll be walk. I'll be driving around as long as you can get gasoline in it. Think that's about it. Well, that's <laughs> always the scariest. Convert it to hydro. That's, that's why I got the sixty thousand gallon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the scariest <laughs> book I ever read was about EMPs, and it was a fiction book called One Minute After, I and it haunted you, me for months. Then I told you to read it. It scared <laughs> me to death. <laughs> It is horrifying. Well, yeah, because we, we 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 depend Everything. on computers too much. There's no Everything. there's no backup systems for the computer systems, and there needs to be some kind of uh, what what's the word? Not digital, well, but what well, backup what, system is a good phrase. What's the other? What's the other? Well, what, what was before? What was analog? Electronic? Yeah, an analog system oh, analog. needs to be there. That you can fall back on. They don't have that. For whatever so, it's worth, Trump is and has put in place a cybersecurity, and they are focusing on, now, I'm sure they're focusing on many things, but one of the things they really are taking seriously is in the EMP. I read that recently. I was extremely happy. This is because Trump understands. They can shut down our whole grid, whole power grid. Easily. But, Easily. And it's easy enough to protect it. All you got to do is be able to deflect the EMP, and that doesn't take a whole lot. Oh, what's it called? Uh, you got to put all your electronics in a Faraday oh. cage. Yes, thank you. It's Faraday cage. <laughs> gotcha. See, we're, we're the, she does something different than I do. Don't worry, I've already have built an mine. IT <laughs> have you built, yeah. built No, I haven't. No. <laughs> but yeah, you could build a Faraday I'm cage. I'm hearing that it's not all studio. that expensive. Is that true? They're not. No, they're not. I don't see it's pretty any reason easy to why. do. Is it like wrapping things up in aluminum foil or something? Sort of. Mm-hmm. Kind that's of. what I had, that's what I heard. And no, it doesn't look like a little hat. No, no. Although I, I should get one for my head. We need we need we need some tinfoil hats for your studio. We really do. <laughs> some of the people who have stopped by here I should have brought them. Man, at least keep them on the wall in case you happen to need. Wouldn't them. they used to listen to my show when there were people that came on the show that needed aluminum foil? Hadn't been that long ago. <laughs> I have to. And I'd call them out for it too. You know, most of my people are pretty stable. 
That's the best way to put it. Stable. Folks. I like what I saw on Facebook the other day, and someone said, "You know, when I listen to when I listen to Dave's show, I know I'm going to get factual information." Try. I liked it. I, liked I try. It. I won't say that I haven't been misled before, but I try to give you the factual stuff. And the for best is for everybody, was something said? Uh, who was it? Wayne Beach, I think, said this best. Just because. At times, you're silent doesn't mean you don't know what's going or on. Or you're complacent. Or complacent. That's correct. What is it called? The better part of valor? Well, I'm just Sometimes. saying, better better not to run your mouth and be proven wrong than to be quiet and then come out and say, here's what's going on and be right. It is tough in today's world with the fake news everywhere. Said when on I, the same topic, though, it is even more important to not go off half-cocked well, with information you don't know about. I mean, we get enough of that from the left. You, the left does that? Sometimes. No, I never thought they did yeah, that sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> no, never, yeah, never. something I always point All out. the I, media. I, I, I worked with uh, three different news directors when I was at the other radio station. And I was the program director. And I said, here's my number one rule for all of you. Being first is not as important as being right. And uh, we live by that rule. And there were times that people said, why aren't you talking about? Well, we can't back up what we've heard. And until we can back up, my lips are not going to move and tell you stuff that I don't know is a fact. And that's it's always good to have people... And listen, knowing that when you hear it here, we've vetted it, and it is truth. Yeah, it's unfortunate. To the best of our ability. Yeah. It's unfortunate how more people operate that way. Because now you can say whatever you want, and even if you backtrack it, it's already spread. Yep. There's not much you can do. Yeah, well, it was, There's no backtracking. Look, I look, no, you can't. The internet lives Elizabeth, on forever. I look at myself. I look at Jan Morgan. All of us went to journalism school when that was... The, the the prime directive to use it. I've told a you before. My, I can remember my instructor j- literally jumping up and down in the classroom, insisting, "You will never." And then you check the facts, and you will double check, and you will get it right, and you will go check, spell the names right, all this stuff. Literally jumping up and down. He was passionate oh, yeah. about it. He was very angry one day. What happened? Well, just, <laughs> where is that professor? He was, uh, yeah, he's probably retired now. This was a few years now. back, and he was one of those crusty old newspaper guys, and he was very intense about what he did. But, well, yeah. he, the guy that taught me was a former editor for U.S. News and World Report when it was considered one of the best magazines out there, and uh, I'm sure that he's rolling in his grave. I don't even know if U.S. News and World Report even comes out as a magazine anymore. I think they're just on the Internet, aren't they? I wouldn't doubt it. Very like the few Dem Gaz are, are going you know, to be? still in publication. When's the Dem Gaz making the full the move? Have they Sometime said? in July, I believe it was, in Conway, which is where I'm from. It happens in July. They already did it in Jonesboro. That's the, you Give it six months, yeah. it won't be a physical paper. Yeah. That's my opinion. Anyway. They can't afford it. I All mean, right. they really cannot afford it. So we haven't even started on any of the things that I told Whitney we would talk about today. But how is that different than when you were on my show before? I know, right? It's As the, expected. Th- this is the Jerry Seinfeld brand of talk. It is a just kind of a stream of consciousness. As things come up, we start talking and we'll discuss it. Whitney's going to be here until 4 o'clock. Robert Steinbach will be here at 3. 
Elizabeth's going to be here until about what three thirty? Did you say? Yeah. Okay, so we got a lot to talk about. Lots Let's get on. to it. Let's come back. Talk about the president. He did the right thing with Iran. We'll under, we'll uh, try to explain that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about my good friends, PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Not only now will they do you the great roofing jobs that they do, like they did for me, that they did for uh, over at the Cabot VIP uh, Theater. They did the roof there. They've done a lot of my friends' roofs and a lot of uh, people that I know that have businesses. They've had their roofs done by PI Roofing because they're the best around. Uh, They also do home repair work for you from the uh, leaks that you get from these problems that you have in your roof. And, you know, a big contractor may not want to come out to your house just to fix a place on your uh, ceiling in your bedroom, but you need to get it fixed because the last thing you want is black mold in those areas. You need to come in, take out the, the drywall, replace it, bed it, and, you know, tape it, bed it, you know, paint it, make it match <laughs> where to put the last thing you want is a big bright white spot on your ceiling in your bedroom and the rest of the the rest of the ceiling is white but your this is really really white and uh, last but not least now if you uh, still clean out your gutters uh, pi roofing does that as well they use all their professionalism that they have from all these other things to come out and give you the highest quality gutter cleaning possible find out more about roofing home repairs inside your house uh, the gutter cleaning that you can get from PI Roofing Home Solutions, just go to their website, piroofing.com. That's piroofing.com. All right, Whitney Davis is sitting here in the studio today. It's good to have her back in the studio. It's been a long time since she's been on, a couple of years now. But uh, I think you had just gotten done at USC, and we're talking about going to Texas to get your first gig. You were all excited. And here we are a couple of years down the road, and now I don't want to do this anymore. And she, <laughs> quit. she quit on Thursday, and now she's going to she's going to do some traveling. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But she's going up to the most liberal part of the nation, unless you count Washington, D.C. San Francisco, too. If you can do it, Ooh. we need you there. <laughs> yeah. If you can take I'm it. I'm going to change Seattle okay. from the inside. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Seattle is like even further to the left than San Francisco. You think so? Except they don't have as many homeless people. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, big That's difference. The plus. All right, let's talk. All right. I don't know. You know, I know Whitney well enough that she works to the left of me a little bit because she is a classic liberalist, and what that means is. There was a time people who were like us that talk on this show were considered liberal. liberals. We were liberals. All right. And it's not a dirty word. No, because <laughs> because conservatives believed in the hierarchy of the king and all of that kind of stuff. So classic liberalism. Yeah. That's what we got. We got a minute before we get there. So when we come back, I'll give you give you an extra five minutes here. All right. The president. We had one of our drones shot down and was ready to react militarily and asked an important question that any commander-in-chief should ask, and that is, how many people are going to die from us doing this? And somebody told him 150, maybe more. And 
he pulled back. And I'm going to tell you, I think he did the right thing. A piece of equipment versus 150 lives. That's exactly right. And that's something that you mm-hmm. got to measure. You got. I have to respect but, that. But I will say this. If the Iranians fire on one of our ships, we should level their oil refineries. <laughs> you didn't see him say that? I did. All right. And his face changed. And he said, you go after you know a person, we, we're coming back at you. Here's your news. Okay, so Elizabeth, during the break, is asking, why wouldn't uh, the Joint Chiefs, CIA and others, NSA and the others who would have been talking to the president after the shooting down of a drone, okay? And that's not a small thing. I mean, it's a couple million, oh, it w- couple yeah, of, what, $20 million dollars or so that, that, that it cost. And we weren't in their airspace. It was in international airspace. That's been proven. Unless you ask Maxine Waters. Well, here's the key. If it had been over over Iran, it would have crashed in Iran. Thank you. It crashed in the Gulf of Hormuz. They also said that And the United States and the Iranian Navy had a, a sprint to see who could get to that drone first and pull it out of the water. So... If that was the case, it wasn't in Iranian airspace. No way. And uh, because if you saw, you know, they tried to show, what was it, the one they shut down in Yemen? They tried I was to, say they tried to that, use the old video that and off. say that yeah, was it. It didn't work out so well for them. Uh, <laughs> those things go down pretty quickly. See what pretty happens quickly. when you go out there half-cocked. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. You use fake video. But what you said was a simple one. You said, did they tell him what the cost in human life would be they did not only only that only if it's going to uh, only it's going to be americans they would have brought it up if it had been american lives they could care less about if they killed some iranians i'm just telling you that's true i understand what you're saying I'm, i understand and then my comment will be i'm happy i don't know if it's all going to work out the way we want but i'm happy that trump asked the question mm-hmm. but you didn't you didn't know who said it today but i i made the statement you said I heard somebody say that this morning, and that is, you know, you sit down and yeah, and, and you go, you know, don't take this for being that we're weak. You know, Trump. No, we're not being complacent. Trump's we are not being a compassionate. weak guy. I'm just saying, yeah, they, he showed some compassion in not mm-hmm. killing 150 or more or less. I don't I would, know, somewhere if in I had to m- guess, if I had to guess, and it happened again, they do something that takes out even one of our people, glass ashtray. Yeah, Done. it will get ugly then, real ugly. I mean, I think it's going to get real ugly because I how don't do you, think... How do you see it, Whitney? I don't know. I feel like the American people are sick of war. I don't know if even even just one American death would lead us into another war in the Middle East. I'm afraid of that as well. I don't, I don't want that. I was a anti-war protester. I don't want war. Now, we're going back to the old days of Vietnam. But I just got to say. <laughs> Much respect. I, you know, I got to say, though, when you're, and it's not a game, but it's a game. You're playing this game. Mm-hmm. If you're playing a different game than they're playing, you're going to lose because <laughs> they're really serious. So I'm okay with, we got to we got to step up our, we got to play the same game they're playing. We have to. To me, it's one of those things, you know, we were talking about how we want to gather and get the facts before we move forward. And I think that's the same with foreign policy is let's not be reactionary. You know, Iran's got all, we were talking Iran has a lot of might themselves. They are backed by Russia um, and I believe China as well. And so we got to be very careful with the moves that we make with them. That's 
and I think Trump is. Uh, again, the left I, I and the so media too. paint him mm-hmm. as being a you know run off at the you know run off the mouth, doesn't know what he's doing, and he just runs by the seat of his pants. Right. I do not believe that. I I think the easy answer is to go to war, and I think he made a difficult choice of not going to war. Actually, you know, I think there's a lot of people pushing for it. You know, I think it's interesting I think he's standing is that up. you brought yeah. up an interesting statement during the break when you said you heard people say that um, he was afraid of the political fallout, and that's why he pulled back. Think about the political fallout because he did pull back. Oh, yeah. There was a whole <laughs> lot that came in more probably from his side than would have come from the Democrats, although they even changed their tune when, when he pulled back. See, he walks up to the edge and then he doesn't do anything. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You've heard me talk about this book before. It's called Confrontational Politics. Yeah. Written by the right, written by the right, talks about the techniques and the technique is, yeah, the tech, and he's using it on them like crazy. What this is all about is if you and I are on opposite sides of a discussion, and I jump way over here with some outrageous thing, and I'm going to do this, and you go, (gasps) and once you calm down, then I can back off, and we're still way over the line on my side. But I've backed off, so I can say to you, hey, you know, I'm being reasonable here. What are you you, going to give me? But this is what the left has done to the right for years and years, and Trump is using it like crazy on them now. And that's part of why their heads are exploding every day. They don't know how to play this kind of politics. They don't know how to they have don't the know technique they use used oh, on yeah. them. Well, we're going to talk about something here before, well, probably in the, in the next hour, about the whole thing about uh, Trump kept ballyhooing about the immigration. Uh, the ICE raids? Raids that were coming up and that they stopped. And now he has gotten and told Pelosi. Pelosi said, well, we'll do some things along the border. And then uh, he started talking about we've got to create something to stop what's going on. And uh, now we got a clock ticking. Two weeks. Well, 14 days. He's not going to let the Democrats Come on, forget Nancy. it every you day. Do every Come day. Come on, Chuck. Isn't this kind of what happened over the DACA kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, he calls them out. And then he puts them on the spot, and then they sit there and squirm. Well, they're gonna. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. Well, what do they, they call it uh, three-dimensional chess. He's playing. You know, I believe it. You've been watching Star Trek. No, I've been listening to y'all too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that is a cool way of playing. No, but chess. I like that's I like that cool whole idea. Things. I think that's what he's doing, and I don't think they have a clue. That I, game, by the way, the really does exist. I do. I did know that. Yeah. And I you, can't uh, even imagine. I can't play regular chess. Not playing on, <laughs> not playing on one plane, but on three. Up, down, can't sideways. Them it's crazy. 64 moves in advance and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I'm not a good chess player at all. I can't even do at like all. one level. Not <laughs> even close. I'm not even close. All right. So, dude, I, oh my God, right off the bat, we're all going to agree here that Trump did the right thing. And pulling back. And pulling I, back. I've heard and rumors of sanctions, and maybe we can... Well, no, oh, they were certainly <laughs> talking about... Yeah, he's going to tighten the screws somehow. Mm-hmm. I did hear that on the way in today, yeah. that in the last round of sanctions, or maybe all the ones up until the last one, that it has not been directed at the, what do they call him, the Supreme Leader? Ayatollah. The, the, Ayatollah, the Ayatollah's yeah. assets. Yeah. But now they will be. Good. After today. That's Trump good. signed another order, and there was stuff on the news this morning. I was like, okay. Who I thought it was they interesting. They also dangled yeah. the carrot today. Mm-hmm. He said, well, mm-hmm. I'm really ready to sit down and talk to you all. No pre-existing, you know, 
types of uh, uh, you get, that you have to bring come to the table knowing that this is part of it so that you'll come to the table now he's just saying let's sit down and freaking talk you idiots well he says he wants two <laughs> things you know denuclearization and can't remember what the other one is at the moment but very basic and very high level and i'm like mm, i don't think they're going to give in no i don't think they're going to give in i mean this is their culture as well as their belief system i'm not making excuses i'm saying you need to understand they don't look at the world like americans do <laughs> no. well let's talk to well, no. I mean, look, you know, Iran started Hezbollah. That should be enough to you. tell you they're not nice people. Thank you. All right, let's talk to Jim. Jim, how are you? Hey, Dave. I'm uh, doing pretty good riding around on my day yeah, off. I just okay. kind of listened to you. I'm finally yeah. glad you're back on iHeartRadio because that's how I listened to you on the app. And uh, you were off all, all last week. But uh, I tell you, this deal with Trump. He pushed this right out to the um, at the end of the envelope, and uh, he found out a lot of information of what they needed and what they were going to do defensively, posturing and valuable information, so that when they do something crazy like what they did with the tankers and stuff, uh, we're you know and, and do take a life, we're going to be able to hit them and hit them hard surgically uh, with the most sophisticated stuff that we have that they've never seen before. And then uh, to deal with the uh, illegals, uh, he walked Nancy and Chucky boy right up to the line and played them like a fiddle. And at the 11th hour, uh, good old Nancy's ringing the phone on him. Uh, you know, I, I tell you, Trump is a, he's a smart guy, and he's playing these people like like crazy. Just the Stradivarius hasn't sounded so good in, in years. <laughs> All right. Jim, thanks a lot. Appreciate the call here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you. You're exactly right. We're going to talk immigration in the next hour. Robert will be getting here. He'll have some interesting things to say about that as well. we got to get a break in. Let's do that. We'll come back. Whitney Davis is here. Elizabeth's here. It's great to have Whitney back. I wish she was going to live here in the area. She'd become a part of the Dave Ellswick show in no time. She'd be looking forward to it. Remember the good old days. Yeah, they were good. (laughs) They were good. Back with more in a moment. All right, back with you. Elizabeth was saying that she had heard a story, and uh, you mentioned it, uh, Elizabeth, and that's about Russian National Security Advisor meeting with Israelis. Well, mm-hmm. and John Bolton in it, Jerusalem. Netanyahu is who they're met, meeting Ooh, with. Okay. All right. So here's a story that I have. But Russia sending one of their people to meet in Jerusalem yeah. with us and Israel. Premier's meeting with Nikolai Petrushev comes a day before trilateral summit of security advisors from Israel, the U.S., and Russia. So let me bring up this So this is the story. meeting the day before. The the high-level meeting the next day is the diplomat meeting. All right. So Prime Minister Netanyahu is meeting Tuesday with Secretary of the Russian Security Council to discuss security coordination in the region ahead of a trilateral summit between national security advisors from Israel, Russia, and the U.S. Quote, I want to say as clearly as possible that security cooperation between Russia and Israel has already 
contributed much to the security and stability of our region and has made a fundamental difference in the situation in the region, said Netanyahu. Netanyahu's meeting comes a day before the trilateral summit focused, among other things, on Syria's future. Netanyahu said the meeting will deal with Iran, of course. It's like looking at the news guys and say, of course we're going to talk about Iran, you dummies. <laughs> uh, anyway, Syria and other obstacles to security and stability in our region, and we know that our region greatly needs it, especially now. Netanyahu met with U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton on Sunday and will also attend talks with aides uh, to the Russian Security Advisor and the Israeli National Security Advisor uh, Sabat uh, today. The Prime Minister has aspired to hold such three-way talks ever since Russia boasted its presence in the region in search of closer cooperation toward the goal of reducing Who's an influence in Syria? It's not Russia's. Who's who's influence? Iran. Iran's. It's exactly right. I, you know, we talk about Iran, and the thing that everybody's got to understand: Iran is the largest provocateur of terrorism in the Middle East. I thought that was Saudi his? Arabia. Yeah, no, it's it's Iran. Iran started. They're, they're I think they're pretty tied. close. 40, <laughs> I think they're 40, tied. Forty years ago, uh, Iran started Hezbollah. <laughs> And then they came back and started uh, Hamas as well. <laughs> so we know that just those two. I mean, look, Hezbollah, once it was started, their first big deal they did was the Marine barracks in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, there's a great show, if you ever can get it, that you should watch. It's called CIA Confidential. And I watched it this weekend. They did the whole Argo thing, like the movie, you know, but this was the real, all the files that they used to show how it really happened. But they've got a whole series, about three weeks worth of how the CIA finally tracked down, uh, you know, what's his name, the nut job? Bin Laden? Bin Laden. Oh, thank you. That, that, that nut job, yeah. I almost said Obama. And I knew that was wrong, so I kept my mouth shut. But, yeah, the, about the whole Bin Laden thing. And the last one is called Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, but it, it's a great show. The other great show that's on right now is the series they're dealing about. This, of course, is the 50th anniversary to Moon Landing, Right. Well, there's still people who don't believe that we have, we went to the moon. Oh no, that was all made up. So they're all they're they're doing a series on, I think it's on Discovery, that or History uh, Channel maybe. Leaving both sides present their points, and I've been watching oh, wow. it. I've That'd been be I've been watching it, and uh, you know a lot of the stuff that the it didn't happen folks are presenting is very very thin circumstantial yeah Always. real real like real opinions thin. like why mm. did the flag flutter it didn't flutter you dummy it was on a wire it was on a wire and when they planted it it shook that's that's and they they told them that well why should we believe you see if somebody's going to say things like that they don't want to know the truth and anyway they're more interested they in selling want to their believe. books well yeah. they want to sell their books this one guy they got on there it's a talk host as well and he just likes selling his books. He's like, what's his name from Prison Planet? What's what's that idiot's name? Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. Thank you. <laughs> God almighty. 
But See, he's the worst. He I is, just have to say, First Amendment. First Amendment. Yeah, yes. you know, and that's he true. I'm sorry, but okay. I have Here's to say Here's his key. In, in, I met Alex. I've met him a couple of times. He came to the uh, New Media Seminar in New York that I was at, and his goal was uh, what we wanted him to do was to teach us how he had built up his, uh, you know, this huge brand. viewing yeah. audience yeah. on the Internet. He came on, and here's the first thing he said to us when he walked in. They're coming to get all of us. <laughs> I got what up. he thinks. You want to know what? I got up and walked out at that point. I didn't come to hear your shtick. All right? Yeah, we know yeah. this. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know what you well believe, Alex. <laughs> I want you to tell me, how did you, what, what are some of the things that you used to spike people's interest that they honestly believe what you're telling them, scrap that you're telling them, is the truth. And now I get back to that thing. There's that real fine line between not knowing what you're talking about and conspiracy theories and knowing a little bit. Well, conspiracy theories, and, and that's what Alex things. Jones is. Yes. And he takes a little, yes. just to make a pearl, all you need is a grain a of sand, grain. all right? And that's what he does. He takes a little grain of truth. Mm-hmm. And then he starts wrapping all kinds of conjecture around it mm-hmm. that you can't prove or disprove. And he leads people to believe it. Well, and here's, re- here's his evidence. I've got the documents. Oh, yeah. yeah I can't Doesn't do it like he does. Yeah, but yeah I can't, I can't show I've got you, the documents. can't show it to you. Here they are. They're on my desk, I well, promise. And, and, you know, what you get in return, and you may not know, and I just happen to see it. It's a you full know. hour of entertainment. Supposedly, he, <laughs> supposedly they, they are now saying on InfoWars that somebody planted child porn. Oh, yeah. servers and then went after them. Well, they, and well, he insists it was not him. Of course not. You know, but they're trying to... Do you really you believe know, that Alex Jones would want to look at naked little girls? I believe that if you were into that, you would not be so stupid <laughs> as to put <laughs> That's it... That's not a thought in your mind. <laughs> no. With no. Oh, don't put that in my yeah, head, really. No, but well, I mean, how me. stupid would it be for you to put it on your business servers? Which, I mean, come I on. Agree. It's ignorant. It's I, ignorant. I agree, but it just, <laughs> it's amazing to me that... But that's what you get you know, if you challenge... But I will say this. Status quo. Do I think that he should have been stripped off of YouTube? No. 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 So I said First Amendment a minute ago. I don't agree with what he does. but I don't believe with half. They used to say, I will fight to the death for his right to say it. And I am American. And I believe that's true. Even today. I agree as well. Of course, YouTube, it's their... You know, it's their, it's their don't business. Make, don't so make me go there. They can, they can say yes or no. Don't make me go there. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they are if, acting as a publisher, not. Right. I mean, they are not doing what they say they're doing. And mm-hmm. if they had zero government backing, then maybe I would, I would support if their. If there right. were, you know, you five know or six involved. other platforms <laughs> that were just as strong that everybody was talking on, it would be a different story. But no. But see, Mm-mm. they don't even understand that they're screwing with people who can ruin their business for them. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You think they don't know that? No, I don't think that they think that the politicians have the gonads to do it. Now, that may and be true. I believe that they can and will. Mm-hmm. And that you, worries me more. Are you saying more. you think that Congress is going to go after big tech? I think there's going to be censorship, and I don't like that idea. And they're going to bring it on themselves. See, but they're now, hoping, see, they're hoping they are not the ones that will suffer. Maybe the, the, the guy that's under them will so kind of like Walmart helping to write the Affordable Care Act and taking some of the, the, the hits from it. 
but knowing they can absorb them where Target couldn't. Mm-hmm. I hope that whatever Congress does has more to do with taking away. There's an exemption out there, and I don't know the name of it, that was put in place when these guys came around when it started, and they cannot be held responsible. They are the only ones. The exemption is aimed directly at Facebook and Twitter and Alphabet and Google. Nobody else has that exemption, and they don't need it either. It yeah, needs no, to go away. No, and be, I understand that Congress that. is looking at changing, if I knew what it was called, I'd tell you, and I don't, but they're looking at changing that piece of the law, not so much censorship is what I'm really hoping. Okay, well, I'll go that. along with that. You I don't go pick with that. winners or losers, all right? I can go along with Gotta that. Got let everybody on. Yeah, I can. I can live with that. I hope that's what they do and not the censorship. Well, I'm I with would you. hope, too. I don't want to see censorship that, That's in any also way, shape not part of our culture and not part of our belief system here in the country, and I won't go for it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think it's going to be self-censorship. And and actually, I was watching a Project Veritas. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I was awesome. watching that the other day. Awesome. And there was a new one out from someone uh, from Google that was talking about YouTube and talking about censorship because of what happened in 2016. She had so just, this was after she Pinterest? left them two months ago. Yeah, mm. I was watching Was this that. after the Pinterest one that they yes, just did? Yes, Okay, I haven't seen it. It's good stuff. I, I kept saying to you, Dave, there's got to be people working for these companies. As huge as they are, there's got to mm. be one person who knows and is willing to talk about what they know on the uh, inside. It's do you want to lose your job for it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay well, well, she had already quit her job. I mean, right. Yeah. All right, you guys stay with us. we got to get to the news. Let's do that now. Okay. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, second hour of a Monday show. All right, let's move from Iran. Let's move back here right to the United States, uh, down to the southern border, uh, dealing with immigration. There were supposed to be some ICE raids going on today. They were talking about deporting up to a million illegal aliens uh, here. Oh, man, I just said the most politically incorrect term that you can. Uh, Illegal aliens. Uh, from the United States back to their home in Mexico and maybe even Central America. Families. But uh, this would have been one of the largest movements of people that are here illegally since back when Eisenhower was uh, uh, president. You remember what, what that was called? Operation? You remember? Duh. Wet back. Oh, no. Yes. So yeah. You'll say the, and then I remember when you say the and word. Back in about, what, 1955, mm-hmm. maybe? Something Operation like Wet wow. Back. Yeah, that's what it was called. And they put people on ships. Tell and, me how socially correct and, that is. And, and, <laughs> sent them, and sent them back to Veracruz mm-hmm. and, and dumped them off on, on the, the port, you know, and said, see you later, folks. Didn't send, didn't send them down just to the border. They sent them deep down into Mexico. Uh, so anyway, that's it would have been as big as that. And somebody, and you said you heard who did it. You got the story for us, Washington, Elizabeth. Washington Examiner okay. says, you know, the big leak, the big leak mm-hmm. about this raid was orchestrated by Acting Homeland Security Secretary Kevin McAleenan. I can't say the, word, the name right. In an effort to sabotage the raids before they were scheduled to take place. He'd been against the idea from the beginning. And three former, uh, sorry, two former and three current former senior administration officials have told Washington Examiner he leaked it on purpose to stop it. 
And so Trump found out and he stopped. But then he turned around to the Democrats and said, "Okay, you want to stop? We'll stop. I give you two weeks. We'll figure something out. I think he's going to do it anyway. But I thought it was interesting when I read about it. If you follow Trump, you know that he says all the time, I'm not giving away my details. Yeah. So when I read a leak like that, I think it must be made up. In this case, it wasn't, apparently. Apparently. Right. According to, you know, two so former anyway, three current administration was, officials. ICE officials were uh, afraid that ICE agents would go to carry out oh. these different uh, bus and uh, that people would be waiting for them. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what would have happened. And I am relating that to what happened over the weekend with the L.A. police officers that were involved in the shootout. And there's an audio tape of the neighborhood people that gathered when they had this problem in a shootout with the police. And there was a 26-year-old police officer killed. And to listen to the people in the neighborhood challenging the police will scare you out of your mind. And that was just something that popped up. You know, it happened in the neighborhood, kind of gathered right. and found out. This, I fully believe, Antifa and everybody else well, yeah, would have been Antifa in full would have attendance. Had a field day in with full like attendance, that. if these leaks, if this story about the leak is is accurate, I believe our ICE people would have been in big trouble. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. So they uh, decided they're going to do them at a different time now. However, I don't think Trump's going to say another peep about no, how I don't win. think and so he sure either. won't t- tell McAleenan, now here's the what, acting DHS secretary. Here's what's interesting is that when that came up, suddenly Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. came forward and said that she could get behind and help force through Congress some additional funding for the um, I guess the holding areas along the border. To take care of those people that are being held. Yeah, yeah, in concentration camps. Again, to make it easier (laughs) on the illegal people in our country, never mind. Citizens who live here who pay taxes, forget them. We're real concerned about those illegal people. If you're wondering why I said that, it's because of AOC. Okay. She called those areas Mm -hmm. concentration camps. And by the way, AOC turned down the... uh, Offer from uh, the Iowa Congressman Steve, and I can't think of Steve's last Steve name. Steve King. King, yes. Uh, who you've heard on the show as well, whenever I go to hold their feet to the fire in Washington, D.C., that uh, she she wouldn't take the free trip to Auschwitz, that they offered her to tour that facility and see what the difference was from a concentration camp and a detainment center. I refuse to learn the truth. I refuse. I will not do it. That's what ALC does. That's what she does. That's her, that's her thing. I, I do not have any respect for that woman whatsoever. She's as bad as, well, not Sheila Jackson. What's the, what, who's the one out from California? Maxine Cal- Waters. Yeah, did you hear today her thing? <laughs> no. about, yeah, she, she agreed with the Iranians that we were flying in their airspace. What do you expect them to do? fight back you were in our uh, you know we were the in, US their was in their airspace yeah, she took oh, the, the whole can i say uh, she's an idiot all right and here's one you'll <laughs> like as well while we're on the topic bernie yeah. sanders was quoted over the weekend no, no. it is not appropriate to deport illegals who don't follow the law in the united states <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask. You got to laugh. Look, I, I'm looking over at one of my favorite young people. Well, how old are you now? 
Oh, do I have to say no? no <laughs> I'm, she's younger than us. In a couple more years, yeah. Really? In a couple more years, I'm not going to talk about my age. I thought you were like 25. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Okay, so anyway, we'll go by with 25, all right? I'm 25. Line, how do you feel about this? I mean, I, you're pretty conservative as, as people listen, but what do you think about people that are just think they can walk across I mean, the border? I think here's where we're going to disagree slightly. Oh, okay. All right. I'm against the idea of raids. I think okay. that's a slippery slope that I, I was thinking about this actually is so with our second president, John Adams, you had the Alien Sedition Acts. And one of those acts, they redefined the idea of a U.S. citizen. You had to be in the United States, I believe, for 14 years now instead of five years. So to me, I feel like it's a very slippery slope. Whenever you're giving the government the power to kick down your door and take your family from your house. Now, is it right to come in? Wow, my voice. <laughs> is That's it right, right uh, for, um, I understand the issue with illegal immigration, especially as it pertains to government spending. I think that's probably one of the bigger issues. And to me, it seems like the the bigger problem is that the majority of illegal immigrants come in, they overstay their visas. So there's an issue with the system and there needs to be a huge reform with the system. That's my opinion. I don't think we should be going in saying the precedent that we should knock down doors and and pull families out of their homes. We've seen with the drug war that people get it wrong, that innocent people get killed. That's my opinion. I understand that you know, there's an issue, and this is one way that Trump – I don't think Trump is being malicious here. I think he's trying to just solve it quickly and now within his term. Well, and I, I understand that these raids that were planned – I don't know what will happen in the future. The raids that were planned for this weekend were families who have not shown back up. You know, I'm here for asylum, and I'll come back for that, that court hearing. And, of course, they never show back up. So – I see your point. It's a tough issue. It's a it's, tough it's, issue because it's tough all the way around. Yeah. I mean, if they're out here committing violent crimes, yes, get them out. Absolutely. Get them out. Um, is there any way we can reform to where we can get work visas to where we can we can have people here that want to work and contribute to the system and the economy? I, I would prefer some kind of reform for that. See, now we're talking immigration. Mm-hmm. Right, I have right. no problems at all with immigration with good controls mm-hmm. and merit. I based. do. I want America to be totally white. <laughs> <laughs> but the illegal stuff—that's going to be one clip going around. <laughs> that's going to be the that. next commercial. <laughs> you need to watch out. If you didn't know, that's a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> a big joke. Of course, that's the response, Dave, that you get from the left. If you say you want people to obey the law, you're racist. Yeah. You're racist. Well, you know what? And that word doesn't mean much anymore because they've overabused well, it so much yeah. that it just it's doesn't kind of have the shock value it used to. And and Because they use it for everything. The fact is that <laughs> Trump wants to have, as most countries have, merit-based immigration. And that doesn't necessarily mean white folks. That's no. correct. And I have no problem with that. Yeah, Indians, Chinese, yeah. they make up a lot of engineering. As <laughs> long as whoever comes here wants to, what I call, embrace the new country that they came to. Assimilate. If we yes. are running concentration camps, why do people walk 2,000 miles to Let's get see, here? We to were be put in a concentration camp? Really? Robert and I were talking about this. We were 
saying, would somebody send some clips from the show? Why do people go to the concentration camp? Why are they coming here? They weren't doing, the Jews were not doing that in Germany. Mm -hmm. They weren't running to Auschwitz and and Birkenbell and all the rest of them. That's not the way it was working. They were sticking them in cattle cars and transporting them there. And, and doing the things that they were doing. And, and AOC's so-called concentration camps, to this day, anybody in there can get up and walk out yes. as long Thank as they you. walk in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. They can say, you know what? I don't want asylum any longer. I'm going back to wherever I came from. Have a nice day. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Some concentration camp, huh? Yeah. You want me to play her again from my last week? Uh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I can withstand it because I, know. I think my eyes will pop out of my head. Yeah, it came close. I it did bring duct tape. Yeah. Dave asked me on, it was Friday, right? Yeah. Uh, he said, I want your nuanced, sophisticated view of this. And we listened to the recording, and I said, oh, here it is. She's an idiot. <laughs> and Dave said, well, that's not nuanced. I said, but it's right. Yeah, it was. It's right. It was, absolutely. By the way, Robert Steinbach, who is a uh, law professor over at the Bowen School of Law, his opinions are his and his alone do not necessarily reflect those of the uh, university or the school of law, though they should. This is who I was telling you last week, the very intelligent Whitney Davis. Yes, indeed. Indeed. You've been listening, <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, and I, I think, I can't recall, but I think I've met Whitney once before. I think we have. Yeah. Yeah, because it, Whitney, as you know, is an engineer, yes. and still to this day, uh, and, and I think I saw a recent study saying, predicted for several years in the future, there's a there's not an equal number of men and women in engineering. Mm-hmm. And And by the way, it's not discrimination, right? And this is the Thank thing. You. People make choices, and uh, those choices are based on a variety of factors. A lot of them are societal. People feel pressure. So we need to tell women, you can be an engineer. And we, by the way, we need to tell men, you can be a nurse. So these things happen, but it doesn't mean it's discrimination. But, of course, the left only knows one word, racist. And guess what's the analog to racist? Discrimination. There's that word. So there it goes again. By the way, Whitney, I'm looking at Robert, and looks like he's got one of those compression shirts on. <laughs> I think he knew you were coming. Oh, he was yeah. trying to show himself <laughs> off. Actually, I'm wearing a, a white T-shirt because last time I came to Dave's office, it was about 108 degrees in here. And today, by the way, it's about 107 degrees in yeah. here. Oh, no. I brought a pullover just in case because sometimes oh, no. it's cold. But no, usually no. he's roasting meat in here or something. <laughs> like we're, you know, it's all, all that hot talk. Yeah. That's right. It's a hot opinion. I don't know what's going on. All right. Well, I'll tell you what's going on. We're going to take a break. Let's do that. <laughs> the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back in a moment. All right, when news breaks, we talk about it. Jeremy Hutchinson is going to plead guilty. He switched his plea today from not guilty to guilty. Yeah. And this is Correct. on the campaign contribution thing? This we don't know yet. We don't know what, what the change of plea is. I think they said it was in uh, two jurisdictions. I don't know if he's in two or three jurisdictions now, uh, but it, usually when they work out a deal, the deal is for everything. No. Going to cover everything usually. Wow! So does that does that mean you don't get a get out of jail card? <laughs> that you stand in front of the judge, you won't have to go to a jury trial or anything. Yeah, if you take a plea, there's no trial, uh, and then 
They just there are various levels of agreement that can be made between the defendant and the prosecutor. All of it still subject to the judge's approval, of course. You see what, what is it? This limited is why, immunity. This is full why immunity. I have him on because oh, I, without bring on the Speaking expert. of why Dave has me on, uh, I sent Dave a text this morning. Not this morning. This weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you saw it, Dave. Um, where I heard you, Paul, and who's that guy with that great low voice? Oh, that's Carl Kimball. Who is he? What, what, Carl he? and I worked together back in 2001 on the X, the food tax drive. Oh, I see. He's got a great voice. Yeah, he's very good. Right. And I, the text I wrote to Dave was the discussion you guys had about some legal issue was entirely Which is wrong. why I wish you had been here. <laughs> yeah, what well, we were talking about. Um, Carl is not an attorney, sir. No. <laughs> no neither but, is, neither but he plays is, one on the radio. <laughs> that's what Paul does. Right. Oh. Paul plays an attorney on the on the radio all the time, but he did stay at a Holiday Inn. Right. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, they were talking about uh, precedent. Right. Supreme Court right. And precedent. Precedent and um, what's I forget the term now, and I'm a lawyer and a law professor, but uh, the the star Latin term, starry decisis. Thank, thank you. you for oh, thank digging you. me out of that hole of embarrassment, Dave. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Um, but I learned it from you, though. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there was one issue, actually, that was implicit in the discussion that was never raised, which I think underlied, underlied, underlaid, I don't know, uh, most of the confusion, and that is the notion that an appellate court has authority over lower courts. Uh, and um, uh. we've had this discussion with, um, who was it? Who was the other guy you just mentioned? Paul. With yeah, Paul, Paul. Uh, before on the radio. We, we, when it comes to law, we always have discussions with Paul. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to do that. By the way, uh, let me let me ask you: Have you did you catch the uh, Sotomayor what she had to say about uh, about Thomas and uh, about uh, not Scalia and uh, no? What, who's the, who's the other Ginsburg? No, no the conservative. conservative. Um, Alito. Alito. No. Uh, that yeah, she said she was uh, irritated with them because they had broken precedent twice during this term. Well, that you, but you raise a good point, which is the one that I raised to you over the weekend. So let's briefly talk about it. Precedent is not a complicated concept, and precedent is not binding. And conservatives, contrary to what that discussion you all had before suggested, conservatives don't think precedent is binding. Here's what. All that stare decisis and precedent means. If you, Dave Ellswick, go into court today and uh, you get a ticket and you say, well, I didn't break the law. And the judge says, well, the law says you're allowed to make a right hand turn on red, but it doesn't say anything about left hand turn on red. And you made a left hand turn on red. And so, yes, you're getting uh, a fine. Okay. Meaning judges always have to interpret a statute given the facts at issue. That's their interpretation. You're not allowed to make a left-hand turn on a red light. The next day, uh, Whitney goes to court, and uh, as you've been describing her on the radio prior to my arrival, she's a young, attractive woman, and so uh, the judge says, oh, well, was you, I, I was not wrong. Was you're I? always correct <laughs> okay, on all you. issues. Um, and, she, um, and the judge decides that she's allowed to make a left-hand turn on red. Well... That's a violation of precedent because either the law says something or it doesn't. Now, if the next day he either realized, the judge that is, 
he made a mistake the first day, he said, well, I'm going to overturn my precedent of yesterday because I made a mistake. Or the rule has different applications for old white men and young women. Uh, now, of course, the latter would be absurd. But the point being is precedent simply means whatever you did yesterday, you should do tomorrow unless you have a reason not to. That's it. I like the way you say that, unless you have right. a reason right. not to. Because we overturn cases but the, all the time. But the, pro- and, but the problem on some of the biggest cases that sit before the court, right? they punt the, the can down the road by saying, but Roe v. Wade was discovered was decided this way, and we don't want to, you know, rock right. the boat. So, so that's not, but that's not precedent, meaning that's not a proper invocation of uh, precedent. That's a judge not doing his job, saying, well, I'd really like to turn overturn that case, but it's, pre-. no, no. And in fact, Thomas just wrote, I believe, a dissent in a case within the last two weeks, yes. in which he outlined yes. the role of precedent. Basically, he said, look, if you know it's wrong, you change it. See, and that's, and that's going to make that's, a big difference going forward. I'm, I'm very excited that's about this. That's set off Sotomayor. That's see, what I'm saying. Well, yeah, Sotomayor is the weakest link on that she, court, yeah, by far, say. by the way. Yeah, she's uh, not in any way a lawyer. Well, she's a lawyer. She's not in any way an intellectual. So who's the Thank other you. one that's not that's who's exactly the one that's right. not a lawyer? They're all right now they're lawyers. You don't they don't have to be a lawyer, but they they're all lawyers. lawyers. I thought they were. I yeah. thought and, there was in one fact, that I wasn't. said years ago uh, when she was appointed to a judge, I think she's a mediocre judge. And this judge said back to me, <laughs> well, I think that uh, she's a run-of-the-mill uh, U.S. Court of Appeals judge. And she's I said, an exactly. Obama. She's an Obama. <laughs> she's an Obama judge, Rob. Well, okay, but 10 seconds. smart. If not well, good, I don't think she's just mediocre. All right. Well, let's take a break it. for the news. You going to stick around for a little longer? Or you got to get out? Uh. News is up. <laughs> we'll get your answer when we come back. Yeah. All right. Don't forget about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. You've been listening to this show for a long time. You know, in the last three years, I put a engine in my SUV. I put an engine in the... Our other car, I put a transmission in my SUV, and I got all of it from Sunny's Auto Salvage. Because when a car is a total loss vehicle, in other words, you're in a wreck, and your insurance company says that car is totaled, uh, then they give you money back for it or, or whatever. Uh, what that doesn't mean is that nothing on that car doesn't work anymore. Uh, engines may work. Transmissions may work. A lot of the other uh, things that it, are on that car may still work. just means that whatever the percentage point is that the insurance company looks to have to fix it, they don't want to pay any more money than that point. And if it goes over that, they're going to say it's totaled. So that's why I buy my engines from Sonny's because they test the engine. They make sure it's running the way it was supposed to be running and there's no problems with it. So I don't have any problems with dropping that in my car, probably get three or four years out of it. And during that three or four years, I don't have to pay a new car payment, nor do I have to go and get an EOM or a, a you know a completely rebuilt engine that's going to cost probably two or $3,000 more than the engine I got from the total loss vehicle. So like I always said, I would go green when it saved me green. This saves me green, okay? I like this. I like the whole thing of, at this point, recycling the parts from one car into my car. have no problem with it whatsoever. You call and talk to Sonny's, 
if you've got something like that going on, you go, well, Dave, I can't put an engine in my car. Well, you don't have to worry. They'll do that. They do all the labor for you as well. Give you a guarantee, a standard warranty, one, two, three-year warranties on all their parts, 982-7451. Save your dollars. 982-7451. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage. All right. Question for you again, Mr. Law Professor. What's the difference between, what's the terminology, uh, Elizabeth? A gag order. Okay. And a protective order order i know dave would say one involves a sock and one does not <laughs> don't go there <laughs> exactly. is, it, is this two is this a 330 a.m radio are we on am or fm you, you didn't hear him on the air during the 50 uh what is it 50 ways of gray or whatever that oh, was no. No. <laughs> oh my gosh you missed it are we broadcasting out of one of those towers in mexico 50 shades of gray you know what i'm talking about i missed that episode <laughs> well we're <laughs> Here's what I wanted to do. Okay. Give me the cliff notes. It's very, very simple. That those movies were really hot. Tons Literally. of people were going to see them. All right. Now it depends on what you consider hot or not. Right? <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to get ball gags and put and, and I wanted to print Dave Ellsworth's show across the ball. Gosh. That's the best swag. <laughs> That's Dude, what I, I got I shot down. Swag do it. Do it. Radio show because it's supposed to be respectable. Well, that's respectable. You notice it never really happened. It didn't happen. I was, I, I I was told no. He, he got yeah. shot down on that idea. All right, so go ahead. So, of course, we're talking about, in, in all seriousness, if we can uh, transition a bit, um, the Linda Collins Smith case. Yes. And there were there is a judge up there. Who issued what, as most people have been calling a gag order. It's not really a gag order. It's an order preventing the release of government records. So it's a protective order. It's a protective order. A gag order stops parties to a lawsuit from speaking about the lawsuit, and a protective order restrains the documents. Yeah, restrains records. Now, the thing is, we have a law on the books regarding records already, and of course, that's the Freedom of Information Act. And for ongoing criminal investigations, essentially all records are exempt from disclosure. So there's no significant reason why a judge would issue such an order. No one at the time had been arrested. No case existed at the time. The prosecutor went to the judge who was a former prosecutor. That's not unusual, but it's a little bit of shall we say, an incestuous relationship uh, and uh, got this order issued and the whole thing's illegal. The whole one, thing is- one comment, and I'm sure not going to argue with an attorney, <laughs> but one comment. Uh, my husband, again, is a law enforcement officer. When something happens and the police show up, an investigation begins. Yeah, an investigation so did begin, but there was an no An investigation case. had been in place. Right, and so the Maybe rules- not a formal case no, but no. there was an investigation was. in place and obviously of course and the freedom yeah. of information act yeah. already exempts out active investigations so there was a protection for all investigative records already so then it begs the question again why? right so why does a prosecutor go to a judge and the reason given was patently ridiculous well we're worried about getting the jury pool tainted and that is such a loud – it's used all the time, that argument, but it's a lousy argument. The fact is the public has a right to information. 
inevitably you are able to get a jury notwithstanding the release of public information. And all of this information in the investigative file is not releasable under the Freedom of Information Act. So why is this prosecutor working ahead of the time unless unless he's worried that some piece of information might leak out there and the case, then the defense counsel for whoever ultimately gets, or in this case got arrested, says, I'm worried about a fair trial and I want it to be sent somewhere else. I want it to be sent to Little Rock. I want to change a venue. Don't you think it will not happen in that part of the state? No, if I it, think if it comes to a trial, it's not going to happen up no, in that part I don't, of the state. I don't agree with that. I think you it. Think? I th- sure, why not? Hmm. Why not? Uh, there's no reason that it shouldn't happen there. And so, you aren't you supposed to have a, 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 a trial, trial by your peers? your peers? Exactly. Well, well that's another know. side of it. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't see why. Do it I would think be it's said. going to be up there? Probably not. But it, I'm just. I'm. Yeah, I don't, obviously, I don't see you, any reason you why have the information. You know, you're the attorney, not right. me. But, but listen, it doesn't mean I'm right on every question. That's but why. But you I, understand the law certainly better than most of us lay people. I'm just thinking oh, there's so much emotion <laughs> going on in that part of the state. At least and better a lot than of Paul. the fomenting of Sometimes I think Paul is insightful, state, but uh, maybe I'd that discussion was not an example of that insight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So by, bottom line is, is that I had read an article uh, that said that judges many times protect judges. And in this case, that's probably what occurred. That's a concern. That's what some people are saying. But, but then again, as it turned out, as of now at least. Um, no th- judge has been charged with this crime. Right. No uh, former right. judge. Yeah. The oh, gentleman right. is a former judge. Yeah, a former right. judge. But right. I mean, the only one that's been charged is a, a friend. Yeah, a friend and former staffer or something, yeah, right? Yeah, of the, the lady that was did killed. She, did Linda she run Collins. her campaign? That the, I the don't gal know. that was arrested? I, I'm, now I'm thinking that was wasn't that Ken Yang wasn't he? Yeah, the, he was he her communications person, but I really I did not know when the campaign was running. I don't. Well, Ken but somebody is told me she ran can, the campaign. Co- hey, Ken, was it you Ken, or was it her? Clear this up. Yeah, All right. text. You call. know the phone number. Yeah. Call. Yeah. But the bottom oh. line is, I just thought you know I know you know, Ken. I know these people. This is oh. makes it very difficult you know all to the talk about. What? Seriously, you know all the players. He does. Well, oh. I know. Him. I knew those Had people him in this really studio, well. Every one of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Maybe not her. Didn't have the former judge in here. Well, and you haven't had Ms. Um, O'Donnell. No. But her boyfriend yes, and she's Ken been and Linda and you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's just a sad, sad story. <laughs> Breaks my heart to be honest. I miss uh, Linda very, very much, and it will not hit me really fully until we have the next General Assembly. Yep. Then that's really going to hit me because I always depended on her to help me understand what was going on behind the curtain. I did not know her well, but what I already know that I'm going to miss is that clear, strong, conservative voice. Very much so. I just really regret. I mean, that. I miss Brian King. I mean, he's not dead. He's just he was just un- <laughs> unelected. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's well, certain no, people. Just, I'm he's really just good. Well, yeah, yeah, he, he decided not to run, and then he decided to run in the primary. That's right. Yeah, and that's he right. got and Bob Ballinger. But they were right, after him. him. I mean, out. they were they were trying to push him out. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. That's the way politics Speak truth to works. power, and then power turns around and slaps you down. Yeah, bites in the ass is what it does. All right, well, it's a quarter till four. Take Go ahead. You got something first, Whitney? Did you say something? No, I had said no. something. Oh, you it said something. It was not important. We'll, we'll okay, do it after well, the break. let's take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask 
Whitney a question that she can actually talk about. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Because we want, we want her to <laughs> get right. involved. That's right. She's been out this. of the state, so she's okay. like. She's looking at us going, I don't what know nothing about, about this, so I'm just being quiet, Dave. All right. If you've ever wondered how do other people get away with paying fewer taxes than everyone else? Well, learn a little known strategy that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial, David Lucas Show, right here on Saturdays, 101.1 The Answer. This free analysis reveals a little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, your 401k, your Social Security benefits, and more. To get this free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers right now. 501-653-6690. It's your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes in retirement. Call 501-653-6690. I just saw that Ken Yang sent me a text. I'll tell you what he said when we come back. All right, so Ken sent me back a text, Ken Yang, and uh, Ken says that he was not involved with the 28 campaign of Linda Collins-Smith and that McConnell was just a staffer. That's it. Zip. That's the facts. That's the facts. of Right from the horse's mouth. All right, so now I'm going to turn... For the last question for this uh, half hour, and we're going to ask Whitney Davis. The Democrats yes. uh, are going to start their debates. God help us. Just turn uh, your TV off. Yeah. You know, End of story. This, this week. I have plans Thursday, Thursday and Friday, Friday nights. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be at the movies Thursday Well, night. there's nothing on television at all anyway, so. Yeah, that's true. So. I would watch them just because I want to see each one try to up how far left they can go. That's the reason I would watch, just to see them get to the end and say, I'm changing my name to Stalin or something like that. You know, I, I'd get excited for that. Marx was right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mein Kampf, 2-0. Uh, uh, Marx, Marx was too too moderate for me. There, there, right, you right. Know, some, Venezuela what? is a paradise. Oh, my God. Don't you get a kick out of the socialists? No. Oh, yeah. When they say, well, they just did it wrong. Uh, well, I, I don't <laughs> see how they just did that right. They just implemented it wrong. Right. So, so yeah. you have Bernie Sanders, who... What he honeymooned in the Soviet Union. He supported Venezuela. He supported Cuba. He supported all the ones that are bad now, and he won't take it back either. No. So I, I'm I'm led to believe either he's okay. We've been using this word a lot, an idiot, yeah. or <laughs> or sometimes that's he's the only evil. word. That does, yeah. I mean, he has bad I go intentions. With the second one. <laughs> It's really hard for me not to, and I, I want to be nice because, you know, a lot of my friends support him. It's it's kind of hard to oppose Bernie um, at my age. <laughs> I imagine. But, I and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I can't. Let me stop you right there, what mm-hmm. you just said. It's hard for you to do that at your age. Yes. In other words, you're saying maybe five years ago you could you could see... No, I know you wouldn't have. But the bottom line is... Ron is Paul that, was cool back in my day. Yeah, well... Yeah. Ron Paul so far away from Ron Paul. We're so far down the road from yeah. that. But here's the key. You know, when you're really young and you not really had a job and stuff like that, free, free stuff. Sounds good. Free stuff. Oh, yeah. Man, I don't got to do nothing. Well, if you think about it, I mean, kids these days have been raised in public schools since kindergarten. 
they've had everything else paid for them. So why not just add college? Why not just add? I mean, healthcare still has government involved in it today. 60% of it. Yes. Maybe more. So it's really not a stretch. I mean, we've been boiling the frog slowly here. I'm not surprised by the viewpoints. But I will say that they do have solid issues that I'd like to talk about, but I like to talk in context of the Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. of the student loans. I, <laughs> I think it is a scam. I, I took out student loans. I paid off all my student loans. Whew. <laughs> that, that took a long time. Uh, thank you. So, thank so you. you're feeling like this whole idea is real fair now to, to pay off every, everybody's oh, I loans, I, I bet. Oh. oh, man. I would be so mad if they forgave yeah. loans. <laughs> Give me you my know, money back. There's so many and details about that. And then I couldn't even that. deduct yeah. Because I made too much money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, but but it's a scam. They're, they're, they're getting these 18-year-old kids that have no life experience into debt and telling them they should go to college. Maybe they shouldn't go to college. Maybe they should go to trade school. Maybe they should look at Praxis. Maybe they should look at some alternatives to that. And then, of course, they are adults. They sign the papers. They have to pay it off. But they don't and, understand. And it's unfortunate. But... The money came from nothing. <laughs> you have the Federal Reserve. It came from nothing. That's right. It's not like there's a hard-earned money that's being mm-hmm. loaned out to them. So I I would talk about these issues with them. I would love to, but it'd be in a different context, and it would not be by stealing money from me. Gosh, I want you to come back. To <laughs> Don't get me on this. Isn't she great? Don't make right. me go, yeah. And she's twenty. She just just turned in her late twenties. All right, but uh, she can remember. I didn't realize this, but she was a sophomore in high school when she started on my show. Wow, me too. College. Yeah, you too. Me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Said, me too. Me too. <laughs> exactly. They're still here. Now, of course, it wasn't really radio. It was a big cone that we screamed through out, out the window. <laughs> or you know. cans. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the cans. Oh, right. the, <laughs> the, the newspaper was carved in tablets. You know, so yeah. it was a while ago, but nonetheless, yeah. that was when you used to sing Winchester Cathedral. <gasps> I don't even know what that means. That's a song. You, you don't, don't remember that song? That song? I know no. that song. Look that up there, uh, my man. Winchester Cathedral. And get us knocked off a of face. Dave, I'm old, just not older than dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I am older than dirt. I'm older. And you know where dirt came from? No. Dinosaur dropping. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Ooh. That's how old well, I am. It suits you well. But yeah, what? I wish that young folks, because I consider Whitney, of course, young. Which Appreciate that, yeah. That's called math, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and I do believe in math. But here's the key: she understands because she's actually sat down and studied and and read. Been educated. Most people your age don't even look; they just listen to the the professors and regurgitate what the professors know that they even tell you. Listen to the professors. I I mean, sometimes you have to to make the grade. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, it's very hard. I mean, I I personally wouldn't even encourage people to go to college unless it was for something law, engineering, something that you'll get a job. Not art. Not go for art. Not no ink and, <laughs> ink and basket. Weaving, I would not you recommend. <laughs> if you want to be a waitress all your life, you know maybe. There you go. But, you well, I agree in. with your point earlier about the eighteen-year-olds and Dave. You've heard me rant about this before. I think colleges, in many cases, are factories for leftists. And I think that when you show up on a campus and you're a freshman and you're 18 years old, the first week, 
every sidewalk you walk down has got the little booths with all the credit cards and all the and every mm-hmm. time you walk She's into the counselor's it. office it's oh just take out another loan just take out oh, another yeah. loan just take out another loan i'm a dave ramsey girl i don't believe in debt well, you know, what? The like the student yeah. loan, you know what the student loan system okay has done? And it's not right. The student loan system has funded the rise in salaries of administrators yes. at universities. Mm-hmm. You know, administrators make on the low end a quarter of a million dollars, and their presidents of universities making like $5 million. That is crazy. Yeah. And that's because no it's, it's so funded. to get an education. It is funded by the... The liquidity of money through student loans. Yes. So while you think, oh, well, student loans, that's a great idea. This way students get to go to school. All they do is it allows the universities to constantly raise the tuition Mm -hmm. because you don't feel it. Robert, what is the percentage of students do you know that are on do you know on loans at school? Know. I think it's way more than fifty percent. Oh, it's is very it high. Oh, yeah. it's very like sixty seventy maybe. I don't know. What the numbers. It's pretty high. Yeah. And you're I mean, that's what you made me think of is that statistic and I don't have the number at on my one time maybe it wasn't so bad when banks mm-hmm. loaned the money. That's right. Because that's nobody came I along went, and forgave. I had the to debt. borrow from a bank and me a too. bank you know, it was a proctology exam <laughs> to be able to get the money. Okay, and uh, and you probably had a mine off. competitive well, rate too. You know, I I had a set rate that was set by Congress, and it didn't matter if I was studying engineering or not, and I still had to pay the same that all the other students were paying. The okay. problem I have with Mr. Sanders and saying he's going to pay all the student debt. One point seven. Never mind the fact we have no money. dollars worth. Yeah. Well, never mind the fact that I don't know where the money tree is. Are you going to like? Is it as of June twenty fourth? All the date all the money or are you going to say everybody in the next year that needs to take out a loan and we'll pay for that too what about all the people that have already paid their loans i mean there's so many details that make no sense whatsoever with this stupid idea well bottom line is free money you know what bernie was said you should have waited until i was elected and not paid them back until then (laughs) well you know what the answer is and then you'll find out does that sound familiar (laughs) is tax the rich well that's yeah (laughs) Oh, well, you're gonna, you're that's you're the money tree. Bernie. There's the money tree. I came up it. with the best solution. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, There's I like the money that. tree. How's that going to work? I don't know. Oh. We'll figure it out. But Bernie I mean, talks that's about what Warren is saying. That's her answer to everything. Warren's a funny one because she's in with all the corporations, but she acts like she's not. That's right. Bernie wants to tax billionaires now that he's a millionaire. That's right. right. That's correct. He wanted to tax millionaires, yeah. but then he yeah. became a millionaire. Oh, Now he wants to tax billionaires. The best thing he said is, I earned that money. Exactly. I oh, wrote that book. Like I that. earned that yeah. money. Yeah. What about did, he, did he tell Obama that? What? <laughs> I didn't, you didn't uh, make you that. Didn't, you, you didn't make that. that. You we didn't made make the that. roads. All right. We're out of time. It went too fast, Whitney. I know. You're leaving Thursday. You're, yes. You know where she's going? She's going to Seattle. Nice. Not a good place to go if you're conservative. <laughs> but it's a pretty area. Yeah, it's beautiful. it is yeah. that. All I right. told her she can take <laughs> it. got to take a break. And Elizabeth, you have to leave, too. Go to Conway. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for I having me. I think she's me. probably in Always. Conway as well, yeah. aren't you? Always. All right. <laughs> I got 20 seconds. I'm watching Zach saying, Ellswick, shut up. All right, a break. We got more coming your way. Stick around. Rob and I return in a moment. All right, let's move into the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Some of you are heading home today. Congratulations to you. You made it through your Monday. The rest of us hate you, but that's okay. 
Uh, wanted to let you know that over at Sam's in North Little Rock, over out on uh, I, what is it, I-167, 67, <laughs> that uh, you can, uh, as you're making your way home, stop and get your gas there. Last I saw it. Now, I'm not, don't take it as gospel that it's still there, but it was $2.03. Wow. Yeah. I'll be stopping to get my gas there on the way home tonight. I was telling a buddy of mine, and I'm not advertising for anybody, as you know, but we talk about what goes on in town. I think Sam's has outstanding beef steaks. You know, if you want. if They had great salmon, too. Wonderful salmon. They have, um, I bought some filet there. I bought some ribeye there. Really? And here's the thing. When you go to Sam's, there's a, so much turnover. That meat's not sitting around. Yeah. That's fresh. And it's fantastic. I, yeah. made, I made a steak the other night using one of, from their package. It was, it was terrific. You eat dead animals? I do. Okay. I do. So do I. I do. <laughs> I know. I know you do. And I don't, and I don't object, by the way, to people who are vegetarians. No, or vegans. Or I whatever. don't care. Although there was a They're poll. the ones who are leaving more meat for me. Exactly. There was a poll. What's your favorite? I think we talked about this briefly, didn't we, last time, Dave? Uh, what's your favorite comfort food? Elizabeth Warren said, I think it was she, who said. Beer. No, oh, yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> like that awful video that she looked so unnatural. I think she said uh, chips and, and guac, which is good. Yeah. I like that. But is is that cultural appropriation, by the way? Yeah, is she that allowed could be. to the Well, who knows? She's taking it from the Mexican right, people. Exactly. And she's Native American. No, is she? Wait. Anyway, <laughs> um, but Cory Booker, who apparently, oh, I don't know no. if he's a vegetarian or a vegan, whichever, I don't care, but he said vegetables. <laughs> vegetables? Stop it. That's punting. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, what vegetables? Right, what vegetables? That's all you eat is vegetables. Is it broccoli or what? <laughs> that was a ridiculous. Yeah. One not, person, you want to know what I'm going to have tonight? What's that? Because I like a good steak. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, yeah. I think this weekend my son-in-law and I are going to go out and have some prime rib over mm-hmm. at, at the chop uh, block, chopping block or the block. Is that what it is? Where is that? The one that's over on Hermitage. I don't know. I haven't been there. What's it called? Uh, is it chop? I my problem is that I get it. I'll say the the chopping uh, block or something like that, and that's the name of the great steakhouse in Chicago, <laughs> which I love to eat well, at. It's I where Al Capone used to eat at. All right, it's really really yeah. good steak, but it's uh it's uh, chopping something. The chop I don't know. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's over on Hermitage. Yeah, that's right behind the big. Regions Bank off of uh, 430. Mm. You know, the, butcher the Butcher Shop. shop. Thank you very much. The butcher it's a shop. tough name, Dave. I know. It is. It's easy to get it mixed up, though, with it. Chicago. I know. Because Chicago and Little Rock look oh, they're so identical. closely. They uh, look like what? each other. Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going back this summer just it, to, it, to it, visit. It, Back home. Dave, it's very easy to get those things mixed up with the senility and all those things, you know. So <laughs> Dave's going to do a spit take for those of you who aren't watching right now. And I'll tell you, sometimes yeah. I wonder. I I walked from the bedroom to the kitchen and I forgot where why am I? I went What am there. I getting? You know, I know you where this. I'm at. I just don't know what I came to get. It's very... It, it bothers me when I do that. You start wondering yeah. at that point. But anyway, yeah. In all seriousness, my, my difficulty now is now that I've had literally thousands of students, I'm not good with names. 
I think that part of my brain is all filled up. Uh. Not good with names. <laughs> I was never great at it, but I was okay. I yeah. was sort of, and now I think I'm below average. I'm good with faces. I'm yeah. not good with names. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. What was that girl's name that was in here? Oh, Whitney. That's Whitney. right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was going to tell you, tonight yeah. I'm having a salad that I made last night. Mm-hmm. I got uh, cucumber, uh, tomato, tore up a head of lettuce. Uh, got rid of the heart, of course, and uh, sprinkled uh, garlic uh, powder all over the cute uh, and uh, the tomato and mixed it all up. And then I wanted more, so I threw in some mozzarella cheese and some taco cheese. Nice. Okay. Nice. So it was really good. Well, I'm going to have that again tonight. And while I was over at BJ's today having uh, lunch, uh, as I left, I picked up uh, cantaloupe. That's oh, very good. Nice. That will be my dessert tonight. Dave, can, can can I mention, by the way, I, I tweeted yeah, out. Yeah, bring us back to some reality, <laughs> would you? No, no, but it's, <laughs> I tweeted out earlier today, and, you know, I've got about 14 uh, people who uh, follow, so it's not really an issue. <laughs> but I tweeted out, there was an article, and I, I want to bring up what state it is, because I don't even remember. Oh, I'm not sure this is going to come up now. Um, there was a, uh, I'll go on the campus reform website. Oh, what a great website. Oh, it's fantastic. If you want to read about leftists in academia, read Campus Reform. Was this the one that you were talking about the school and testing and stuff? No, this is about... a different story. This is about the Dave Ellswick free speech bill. Oh, okay. But there was... As you know, there there are different groups, including the one that worked with us here in Arkansas. I thought they toned down the bill a little too much. I think it's a good uh, good act, but the, their their direction was toning it down. I was like, "Don't tone it down, beef it up." Yeah. Uh, and luckily, I was able to keep some key provisions in there. Along, of, by the way, when I say I, I mean luckily the legislators with whom you, I was working. Bob Ballinger, Dan Sullivan. Well, I'm not a legislator. They they listened to what I had to say, and right. they, and they said to these people from out of state, "Hey, we're not going to go." that direction. We're going to do it our way. But in any event, uh, this was, uh, um, there was the same type of bill, excuse me, the same type of bill was introduced in another state and a Democratic governor vetoed it. The The legislature passed it and this Democratic uh, governor vetoed it because- What state? That's what I'm trying to figure out, of course, because my link was dead when I tried to pull it up. Uh, but this is the beauty of it. The Dems are against- Free speech. free speech, of course they are. Here it is, Montana. Montana. Dead. Yeah, let's see idiot. if I can get the name. Do you know who that Another is? Another idiot, yeah. This, yeah, who is that's that? that uh, uh, he is a Democrat. How he ever got elected. Steve Bullock. Yeah, yeah. Well, how did he get elected in know. the in Republican Montana. state of Montana? Right. He's full of Bullocks as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, he is. And this guy uh, vetoed a bill for sh- free speech for students and uh, faculty, et cetera, on campuses uh, and outsiders, right? A big part of your bill, Dave, was that people from outside the campus can come on campus and speak freely. Yes. Because that's what free speech is about. Otherwise, it's an echo chamber of leftists. I keep saying this. uh, I was interviewed recently about the lawsuit that those professors are bringing in the UA system, and and I made the same point, which is that universities across this country are leftist. The, of that, there's no doubt. Administrators at universities across this country are even more leftist. Right. And so we need to have conservative voices 
on campus, from students, from faculty, and from visitors. Yeah, because if you're worried about the ones on the left getting the back of the hand, forget it. It ain't going to happen. It's, it's, oh, you the, raise, it's the right side. You raise a key it. point, which is, unfortunately, many conservatives don't seem to understand tenure. And they think tenure is a vehicle to protect leftists. Now, in some respects, the conservatives have a basis for their claim because they're hearkening back years and years ago when tenure became very popular when there were communists on campus and folks from outside of campus were yelling, fire those communists, fire those communists. And uh, the university said, no, these people have tenure. And of course, when they said these people, they were often referring to themselves as well. They were all, uh, all is actually hyperbole. There were there were communists amongst them, and so they said no. And by the way, they were right. I mean, not about the communism. It's a, a deplorable philosophy. But they were right that people are allowed to espouse those views and have those views inform what they're doing in terms of research and education. <clears throat> so conservatives still think that's the model of tenure. Uh, and they think that tenure protects a bunch of incompetent leftists yes. on campus. That's not what protects incompetent leftists on campus. What incompetent leftists there may or may not be on campus are protected by leftist administrators. They don't want to fire their own. Don't kid yourself. Tenure has nothing to do with it. Tenure, and the irony is palpable and wonderful, now protects conservatives on campus okay. because tenure protects minorities. And I don't mean that by to mean racial minorities, albeit it can, don't get me wrong, but it protects the, the important type of minority, minority viewpoint, which may be racial at times. Minority viewpoint is protected by tenure. And who has a minority viewpoint on campuses? Conservatives. That's right. Very minor. Uh, Very small. Exactly. And so... That's what tenure actually protects. So if you think it's a good idea to get rid of tenure because you're going to get rid of incompetent professors, think again. If you think it's a good idea to get rid of tenure because you want to get rid of conservative voices on campus, then then you should oppose tenure, but you shouldn't call yourself a conservative. So tenure protects conservative on campus in any attempt to weaken it. Uh, is uh, going to harm an attack on the conservative on the conservative movement. Same thing with the Dave Ellswick free speech on campus bill. Let's go again. I need to say it every time. That's Kim Hammer. That's Bob Ballinger. That's Dan Sullivan. Eventually, it was virtually all of the legislature. Uh, I know that um, uh, Tim Griffin was a strong supporter as well. Uh, our future governor. We talked about that before. Maybe we'll talk about that again today. Uh, but in any event, and who this Montana governor now struck that bill. So this is my point, folks. You think that the liberals want to protect free speech? You think the liberals are trying to cover for incompetent liberals? The no. only speech <clears throat> that a liberal believes should be allowed to be free is the speech that they agree with. Exactly. That that's is, exactly that, right. That's all. That's I mean, it. I, I, I saw a friend of mine who made a point about uh, an issue and just the attack from the left was disgusting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it becomes disgusting. personal. It becomes personal. Oh, yeah. 
Big time. And so you the, shouldn't even think that's that right. way. You that's shouldn't right. talk that way. I'm just telling you. This is this is the it's new terrible. modern left. And so when a Democratic governor vetoes a free speech on bill, free speech on campus bill, that a bill supported largely by conservatives. Yes. You know. Democrats, leftists, and liberals are against free speech on campus because they're afraid of conservative thought, and they're and so they are the now the ones who are against tenure. Tenure protects those not in power. Conservatives are not in power on campus, so that's why this lawsuit that we've talked about, the notion of academic freedom, the the contractual protections of tenure, all now. Help conservatives. Now, mind you, if 30 years from now, universities became conservative, don't hold your breath, Dave. But if they became conservative and there were minority views, those minority minority views would be leftist. And we should protect them. Yes. I'm not one of these people that wants to shut up leftist ideology. No. I think it's wrong, but it's hard, right? It's hard to have a debate with only one side. The leftists don't care about having a debate. They want to be authoritarian. I would like to have a debate and let people make up their own minds because inevitably <coughs> the majority of them are going to come over to the right side. And that's the the beauty of the free exchange of ideas. Max Brantley, you recall when your bill was pending, literally complained about unfettered dialogue. So Max, who I like many times, but he could not be more wrong on these issues – Max said, well, we don't want the free exchange of ideas because somebody's feelings might get hurt. Wait, what? Yeah. So I I just don't entertain that because that truly is a totalitarian viewpoint. The, the communists did it. The fascists did it. They don't want to hear opposing viewpoints. And it don't matter what form of communism it was. It could have been Maoism. It could have been, uh, you know, Stalinism. It could have been Leninism. Uh, you got over to Venezuela. You went down and it was, uh, you know, Castroism. That's right. It all is about don't say anything we don't agree with because we'll put you in, by the way, AOC, listen up, a real concentration camp or we will just flat out Every kill one your of those. butt. Every one of those killed opponents they did all right a break more coming your way on the dave ellswick show all right back with you don't forget about my friends at applied research center of arkansas here's why i call them my friends because number one i know donna and her husband and i can tell you this much what they do is a valuable contribution uh to our society they run a business that runs tests on drugs before they get to be put out on the market. And they need people like you that will take these drugs to prove that these drugs can do what they're supposed to do and do it safely. Now, it's not like you're going to be the very first person that takes the drug. That's not the way it works. This is the final test. The one that says, yeah, you make it or nope, you don't get to be given to, to um, a consumer. And they've got uh, these uh, clinical trials on diabetes, on acne, on neck and back pain, on constipation, on low testosterone, all of these. Now, they have 
different requirements for each one of the tests, uh, but they'll make sure you get to take the uh, the drug absolutely free. It won't cost you anything, and they're going to pay you a stipend for taking the test. It's a good deal for everybody, for them, because they need people that will take the drug, and for you, because you get the drug and you get to, uh, of course, get some money out of it. So all you have to do is to find out if you uh, can uh, be uh, cleared for these tests. What are what are the, you know the different things that you have to do? For instance, just give you an idea: low testosterone. Got to be a male, of course. Got to be in between the ages uh, of forty-five uh, and eighty. Uh, uh, be careful these days. I'm not sure you can say that. Now you must be <laughs> biologically a male. You cannot be identifying, you know, as a chimpanzee. You must be a male. Okay, Bi- biologically a male. So the bottom line is all you need to do is call Applied Research Center of Arkansas for further details regarding the clinical trials. 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822 and see if you meet the requirements for any of these tests. All right, so uh, that's Applied Research Center of Arkansas. Think about them uh, the next time. That uh, you understand you want to be in the chain of helping people be able to take um, a, a safe drug. I didn't mean to interrupt the the, That's the, okay. the advertisement, but it raises an interesting uh, discussion yeah, point. Be right? kind of Which interesting is, to see what they would say. Right, because this is this is there was a woman on the Bill Maher show uh, Friday. Uh, which I watch sometimes, and people ask me if I'm a masochist. The truth is Bill Maher is extreme leftist, anti-Trump on a bunch of stuff, and then he is what I believe to be conservative on free speech stuff because he got burned. See, this is the thing about the leftists. They are leftists until they get burned on an issue, and then they become conservative. Right? Um, well, he, like he was the first comedian, and we're yeah. down to a minute here, but yeah. he was the first comedian I heard who said that he would not go to a college campus right, anymore. Right, right, because he understands this anti-free speech phenomenon that's going on across uh, leftist environs. And he had this woman on who is a, a PhD uh, doctor, I'm not sure, MD doctor, but a doctor, and she said, yeah, there are two sexes. Notice how I pause. There, yeah. There, not 78, not 49, 72, I think, was the number somebody quite literally has, uh, I think, like Five Facebook seconds. or something. Yeah, it's just it's make-believe world. All right. Let's take a break. Then we'll come back. It's uh, 4.30 here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Now I can break You know, if you're looking for um, some great insurance, let me give you a real quick place to go. It's uh, Dwayne Smith's insurance agency. He's an all-state agent. He would like you to call him and set up an appointment. Their number is 501-819-0373. And uh, they'll set you an appointment to come by 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. You'll sit down with them. Bring all your insurance with you. Bring your house, your car, your boat, your motorcycle, your uh life insurance. Bring it all with you. Let them sit down, take in, take a look at your insurance, look at what they can offer and see how much they can offer you in savings money-wise, plus how much extra coverage they can get for you as well. 
easy to do. Call them, 501-819-0373. You get them, say, hey, Dave Ellswick told me to call. Uh, you guys could cut, uh, you know, find me a good deal. They'll say, uh, bring your insurance in to 3920 East Keel Avenue here in Sherwood, say Friday, 10 o'clock. You'll meet them. You'll get a good deal. You'll thank me. No, you won't. You won't even think of me. You'll just be thinking about where you're going to spend all that money you saved. Uh, that's Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency in Sherwood. All right, back with you. Let me uh, bring you up to date on AOC, what she's doing. Here's what she you said. You really want my eyes to pop out of my oh, head, you're don't you, hear this. She says, reminder, the members who directly and explicitly compared concentration camps on our border to the Holocaust was Liz Cheney. She says the horrors of the Holocaust went beyond the use of concentration camps, yet camps were part of the process. They have also been used before and after. She went further. If you doubt it, here's the original tweet. This is a deliberate intentional wild jump made by Republicans, frankly, often for the explicit purpose of eliciting and manipulating pain for political purposes. Meanwhile, kids are still dying. So she mentioned concentration camps. Never again. The phrase never again. And which refers to the Holocaust. They said, under a fascist leader. Right. But she didn't but, mean, but she it's didn't a mean wild the Nazis. Jump. Yeah. Wild jump. It's a and wild jump. By the way, in subsequent tweets and comments, she confirmed the correlation claim, the equating that she was doing between the detention camps that we have for my illegal aliens seeking uh What's it called again? What, what do you, you're not seeking amnesty. You're seeking asylum. asylum seeking yes. asylum. She equated that with the Nazi concentration camps. So she's an idiot and a liar. And it's that simple. I, I, I want to get a T-shirt of hers, a, a T-shirt with a picture of her. And, <laughs> and, never and, again. And, never again written That's across so it. But I also do want to send money to her campaign. Wait, what? Yeah, I want to send money to her campaign because I can think of no better candidate to help us reelect President Trump than AOC continuing to flap her gums. Yeah. She's remarkable. Let us remind you one last time what she said. Can you look over there on our our list of and give me AOC one more time there, Zach? The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border and that is exactly what they are they are concentration camps and um if that doesn't bother you i don't that's her and I'm, i like we can have okay whatever i want to talk to the people that are concerned enough with humanity to say that we should not that never again means something, and that um, right never again regarding the fact the that yeah. concentration camps are now an institutionalized practice in the home of the free is extraordinarily disturbing. Um, 
and we need to do something about it. This week, children, uh, immigrant children were moved to the same internment camps where the Japanese were held in, in, the, early, in the earlier 20th century. And this is, um, this is not even about a crisis. Wow. Yeah, and now she claims, because she's backpedaling, because yeah. as, uh, Dave, you raised this issue when she said it. She said, how does Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer stand by when And AOC, let her say those right, things and say, well, she has the right to say it. Yeah, she does, she does, but if you're the head of a, of a party that you she belongs to, it. you better criticize it. She's got a right to be stupid, and she succeeds every day in fulfilling <laughs> that right. Whenever she gets in front of a microphone, she'll help us oh, out. Oh, my gosh. She's, she's the biggest champion for proving her idiocracy. This woman uh, is, like I said, the best way for us to reelect Donald Trump. Just listen to AOC. Yeah. And what's uh, that's one thing, right? I'm not saying Republicans have never had less than stellar, intelligent candidates. But here's the difference. The leftists won't challenge her. They're running around with their tails between their legs, afraid to criticize her. And she's backed up by those other two crackpots, Elon Omar and um, Rashida Tlaib. I mean, what a trifecta they've got going there. These leftists have taken over the Democratic Party. There's no room for moderation in that party whatsoever. And the party has allowed it to happen. They're afraid, Dave. I know they're afraid. Be afraid. Be very afraid. So that's what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, AOC, I don't know how many Twitter followers Mm -hmm. she's got or whatever, but the Democratic Party is scared of those people. Absolutely. They really, really are. Absolutely. The last thing Nancy Pelosi wants is for her Twitter feed to be full of all kinds of attacks from the the most extreme leftists that are out there. Well, when, when... I think it was Rashida Tlaib said some comments that were viewed as anti-Semitic. And by the way, some, as I said on your show, some of the things that she has said and has been accused of being anti-Semitic with are not anti-Semitic. They're stupid. But then some of the other things she said are anti-Semitic. Yeah. And, and, and were said with that in mind. That's right. Uh, and Nancy Pelosi said, well, she doesn't understand those words to mean what you understand them to mean. You mean English? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so I guess here we go again. Hey, Nancy, when when uh, when AOC says concentration camps, I guess she doesn't understand those words to mean what English has those words yes. meaning. And then when people say concentration camps, there's a time in history when those concentration camps get their strength from well we've never used the term in any other place right yeah. even the the japanese internment camps were not called concentration camps no. they were terrible but they weren't called concentration camps and so even the internment camps right. they were unwillingly oh, they were forced moved there they were forced into them they did not come from japan and say hey right i'd like we're to get into the, the country United i want States. asylum that's right no it's it's such rubbish and this is really just 
remarkable that she this is what she does all the time right she makes an outlander statement she doubles down on the outlandish statement i i have i think i put a twitter post again out to my 12 followers that when she doubled down on her ridiculous comment so we know the facts the facts are out there and now she's like, oh i didn't say that wait what yeah wait what yeah y- problem y- with saying that is you forget that everything you say that's right it's been now recorded. is recorded in some way or another that's right. listen he, there was an easy out for her here's the easy out I'm sorry. I shouldn't have used that terminology. I wasn't um, cognizant enough of the contextual meaning of that term. Now I've been corrected, and so I won't use that term. I'll use another term. Yeah. But she, she first of all, she can't say I'm sorry. I've never seen her say uh, I'm sorry. Does she have a Fonzie hang-up? Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm so sorry. Ah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but moreover, she makes her comments by design to be as extreme and ridiculous as possible to appeal to the leftist of leftist ideology in the Democratic Party right now. So now, when she's called out by moderates in the Democratic Party, and there are too many of them calling her out, she's got to backpedal. There are, we've discussed this on your show, Dave, I think it's unfortunate, but there are likely more Jews that are Democrats than are Republicans. It's historical. You know, it's sort of you hang on to something that's been familiar. Why was Arkansas Democratic until most recently? Because mama and daddy voted Democrat. And and as you know, they were blue dog Democrats, meaning they would vote for anybody, even a blue dog if it were a Democrat, even though politically these people were often highly conservative. So finally... Finally, the Republican Party broke through and broke through strongly in Arkansas. But so I understand it. But I think uh, I think anybody who's in the Democratic Party should wake up and, and, and move away from that. But as you know, as someone who is Jewish, I I have a, an understanding and familiarity with people of my faith, people from my community. And I think it's really unfortunate. And so I I know what happened was a bunch of Democrats, many of them. Uh, uh, who were Jews said to her, "What are you saying?" And and her response is, "I didn't say that. I didn't say. It. Wait, what?" So that's you know this is the the cycle. Well, I politics. said it, but I didn't mean it that way. Oh, I didn't. Or as Nancy would say, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, is that what those words are? <laughs> is that what those? It's funny how those those things those strung together letters create words, and those words have meaning. That has been used before. Oddly enough, I thought it meant a banana. It's just such rubbish. All right. Final break. Dave Ellswick's show, 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Robert and I will be back in a moment. All right. Back with you. Just to change the subject, I was watching Fox. And uh, I hope Major League Baseball will extend that netting all the way down Uh both outfield lines so that people don't keep getting hit with baseballs. Look, the base, the way it used to be, uh, the way they hit the baseball was not the way they're hit now. The balls are were not as lively, and and the whole thing of you got balls flying in and 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 going with the Charlie Lau 
uh, I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit with you. The way you hold the baseball bat loosely with your hands. When I was growing up, you put a kind of a stranglehold on a baseball bat. Uh, now they want you to hold it very loosely, and those bats fly out of players' hands and go into the the lower decks. I personally think not a big deal to be able to protect the fans a little bit more. Once you put up that net, at that point, you know, the fans should know you can get hurt out there. I mean, fans should know anywhere. I mean, there's watch for bad at balls is all over the place in a baseball uh, park. But bottom line is you need to be aware. You need to get off your phone, you know, watch the ball game. What you got for me, Zach? No, Willie wants to talk to us. Willie, how are you? Hi, Dave. First of all, Dave and Robert. Is Robert still there? Yes, sir. Yeah. This uh, Cortez woman is a nut. Well, yeah, we both know that. She has no idea what a concentration camp is. She doesn't know what Dachau and Treblinka are. She's close. Number two... Pelosi or somebody needs to straighten her out, tell her what a concentration camp really is. Well, you know, Congressman Steve King of Iowa bought offered to buy her a ticket to Germany to go to Auschwitz and to see what a concentration, Poland. yeah, yeah, or Poland, pardon yeah. me, yeah. to see what a concentration camp was all about so she could do that. She turned him down, of course. I- I'll buy her a one-way ticket. <laughs> I'll just, she can just stay over there. You yeah, know? that'd be nice. Well, well, anyway, yeah. yeah, sir, we appreciate your call because you're right on the money. She she's clueless. And the truth is, in all seriousness, uh, I mentioned on the radio the other day, a Polish senator invited her to come see Auschwitz in Poland. I went to Auschwitz when I was doing my Fulbright in Poland. And Dave, uh, uh, you remember, of course, when I used to call in yep. from Poland yep. on Skype. Uh, so it's not that hard for a congresswoman to go to Europe and see a concentration camp. Here's the thing. It is for her because she doesn't think she makes enough money. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Get get an education. You don't have to be an academic. Just get an education. Yeah. Go see it. That's go all you got to do. Hey, hey, Dave. Yes, sir. What, what we're, not, we're not gassing anybody down at the southern border. I agree. And you know what? The poll, the, the Jews didn't come to the to the concentration camps they were sent there we're not sending people to some of the detainment centers that we have on the southern border they're coming there it's a small not, difference uh, right well, why, why are they walking a thousand two thousand miles if it's a concentration camp uh, exactly the walk would have killed me that's all i gotta say well, they're walking because they want to come to the greatest yeah, country in the world. Yeah, they want to come to the greatest and country they, in the world. You're exactly right. And they're making, and they say, "I'll, I'll wait, and I'll wait here to find out." Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. Because guess what? If they didn't want to wait, they could say, "You know, I want to go back to my home country." Yep. And turn around, and go home. Willie, thanks for the call, brother. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. All right, he's right. He's he's right on the money. He, he you he's know. right on the money. Yep. And I, most of my listeners are on this. Well, here, I mean, that's why we're not inundated with phone calls. Not necessarily necessary to say what we all know to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it, it, the problem is that to the left, common sense is not common. 
Right, exactly. I like that. <laughs> it's not the common. only thing missing from the left's common sense is its commonness. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly right. right. Yeah, I use I use that a great uh, Mark Twain comment. Common sense isn't very common anymore, is it? I like that. And I, yeah, I really do. I appreciate what he said. All right, last but not least, let me go back and finish up that thought about baseball. Uh, because of the ball, the bats flying into the crowd of baseballs, I, I think it was Corey Seager this weekend hit somebody at Dodger Stadium. Uh, that just tears up the insides of a major league ball player. And uh, Almora did it uh, not too long ago. I forget what ballpark he was at. He wasn't at Wrigley Field. He was uh, on the road. And you could... He, he looked like he was going to die right there in the uh, the batter's box. The players have said they want it done, and so I guess that what's going to happen is the players' union is going to have to say they 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 won't take the field unless they require having that take take it and be done. You know, I saw the clip here in the studio, and it's it's scary. No, oh, well, yeah. Let me tell you what. Used to be you go to the ball game, you took your mitt with you, all right, because you knew if somebody hit a screamer at you, it's coming fast. Uh, I see some of these guys try to catch a ball and use their bare hands, and I think to myself, Good your luck. hands are going to be stinging for some time. And, you know, if the ball is spinning in a high rate of RPMs, it will cut your hands, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so keep that – Keep that in mind if you're at the ballpark. Saw that I went to the game last weekend, not this 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 weekend, but the weekend before uh, when Round Rock was here, and uh, a right-handed batter hit a screamer down the third base line, and I could see it was hooking, and it hooked right into the crowd, and a guy tried to hit it or catch it. My hearing is not as good as it used to be. But I heard his flesh Oof. pop Oof. when he put his hands up to catch that Ugh. ball. But if he hadn't put his hands up, it hit him in the chest. Hand, yeah. You know, so he just was trying to protect himself. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I think it's time to drape because it's thin enough and it's transparent enough that it really doesn't screw with your watching the game. So... If it's not going to do that, then seems to me, go ahead and hang it. No big deal. Go ahead and hang it. Uh, yeah, there's some plays that it might keep from happening. They may have to change it. If you lean over the the wall, that if you make if you touch the net and then catch the ball, it's not a catch or something like that. But that those are minor things yeah. to protect yeah. people's, you know, lives maybe. There's been people killed by those line drives going into the ball field. All right, let's take uh, take a, a few moments here, not going into the ball field, but going into the stands. We'll take a break, and then Robert and I will be back, and uh, Joy Williamson is going to join us from Conduit. Uh, he's a new voice with them. He'll be joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, we'll see what we talk about. I'm not exactly sure where we'll go with this. It's back to the uh, Jerry Seinfeld form of talk here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's move into the final hour. Brenda or Joe couldn't be with us today from Conduit News, and so we're going to welcome 
a fairly brand new person with Conduit News. And Joy Williams is going to join us today on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, Joy, thanks for uh, holding uh, your place there for about three or four minutes while we got ready to welcome you. And how are things with you today? I'm great, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. This is a tremendous honor. I'm a huge fan of yours. Well, let's talk a little bit first about you. Give us a little background on yours. I was told today, Brenda said that you got what you got your law license and everything here not too long ago. Is that right? Well, yes, sir. I just graduated from law school, and I'm sitting for the bar here in July. So I don't have the license yet, working on that. And uh, it's been quite a quite a struggle, but I was on the right track. Okay. You want to ask Robert anything about how to pass the bar or, you know, where you can write answers down on your body so that they won't see you? I heard in the inside of your eyelids always work, but, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's just a rumor. But, you know, Dave, when you're talking about all this uh, baseball, uh, the baseball issue, yeah. I, it sounds like a law school exam. Actually, I had an essay about that. Exactly. Really? Yeah, some, some, some ball player hit a ball, hit someone outside the stadium versus inside the stadium. Whose fault is it? Is it the player's fault? Is it the audience member? Is it the owner of the ball team? You know, it was a four-hour essay. But I think I got through it because I passed the class. Okay, so let me just ask you, and I'll ask Robert the same question. If you're putting putting (laughs) signs up in the ballpark, making people aware that there is a danger of being struck by a batted ball or by a baseball bat, let's just say, is that the owner's saying and admitting that there's a a precedent for a dangerous place and does that give somebody the ability to go after a lawsuit against the uh, ballpark well i'll give you the answer that all lawyers would like to say it just all depends it just (laughs) all depends um there's a lot of variables there i mean this particular essay we're talking about you know, I don't have license, so of course I would never give you advice because that's illegal. But that's correct. from the essay standpoint, uh, yeah, I think that that's a fair warning in my opinion. But you know, uh, you know, is the player liable? Did he mean to hit the ball to hurt somebody? Intent, transferred intent, liability, vicarious liability. Uh, did they? Did the audience member know? So there's a lot of stuff you could argue back and forth. So it's a it's it's an interesting question. But I think if you if you're sitting in the ball field you should be paying attention. You kind of know, you assume the risk, if you will. So I think you, you, you're pretty, you're pretty safe uh, as a ball player in, in that particular instance, but it does not mean it, it makes you feel good as a ball player to hit someone in the head with a well, baseball no. or a baseball bat. It seems to me that was Corey Seager, uh, that Dodgers game. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he, he, he was looking, I, I think most people remember Al Mora doing it earlier in June. And I mean, he was tore up. You can see he was weeping in the dugout because it yeah. was it was a little baby that he hit. Yeah, that's you know that's just those risks happen and it's really unfortunate. I in fact got uh got got slammed with a baseball when I was a kid. I'm, I grew up in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Um, except sometimes it's not. And uh, we went to a Phillies game and I was probably seven or eight. And Lenny Dykstra was up the bat and he hit one of those grand slams and, and went right was right by my uh, my body and hit me in my shoulder and, and man it hurt it was not a uh, it was not a soft hit for sure no yeah that it people don't realize I was talking about being at the game just over at the Travs the other day 
and uh, it was uh, not this last Sunday, Sunday before, and a guy, a right-handed hitter, just laced one down the left field line, and it curved into the stands, and a guy stood up and tried to catch it with his bare hands, and I could literally hear that ball hit his hands, and mm. I, I, my wife was sitting there next to me, and I just went, because I know that guy's <laughs> hands are going to be bruised. He's going there's a reason why you got that piece of leather on your hand. I'm just saying, there's a reason why you catch it with a glove and not with your bare hands. They used to do that. They figured out it hurt, and they came up with baseball mitts. That's the way it happens. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So what do you think, Robert? You think he might be able to pass the bar with that answer he gave about uh, you all, know, baseball? All good conservative law students pass the bar. <laughs> Thank you, sir. That, that means the world to me, and... Uh... <laughs> We'll see. It's at the end of July, so I'm taking a little bit of time off, and I'm uh, taking a break and calling you guys. And yeah, just happy to be cool. on the show. Like I said, I, I, I've been a fan since I was in high school. I, I went to high school in Cabot. Right now you're making Rock, me feel and, old. Watch it. <laughs> well, I'm only 33, so I'm not that old. Okay. But, uh, let alone um, always a big fan. You know, I was always turned on to your show with the content. Today's been a great show so far. I mean, you, you really covered a lot. From uh, from First Amendment, freedom of speech to concentration camps, from AOC to uh, to, to presidential politics. So I've been listening most of uh, the last hour and a half, and you guys have been uh, you covered quite a bit of topic. Okay, so let let let's talk politics this way. You were just in law school. Did you hear a lot of stuff while you were in law school that was leftist based? Yeah, you know, I did. Um, you know, I, I did. And I, I also went to college at a, a place called Hendricks College in Conway, which is a very, very liberal school. Yeah, that's leftist based. <laughs> that's, that's way that's way left field. Um, in fact, I was one of three conservatives there, part of the Republican uh, College Committee. Wow. And I was the president. And, uh, so and the treasurer and the vice president. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't trust the other two, so I, I took those duties as well. Not really. I was just the president, but... It was so bad. I think in academia across the board, I think when you have, it's no, it's no secret that the left owns academia, and and they, they they indoctrinate kids left and right all the time, and it's it just it's just the way academia is, and which is weird to me because in the law everything's so structured, everything has a um, has an element based form to it, right? So just like the whole cake issue, you know, the cake baker in uh, in Colorado was was finally, you know, found, you know, not guilty of what he was doing by not selling to a same sex couple. I mean, that's from a lawyer's perspective, that's a slam dunk case. I mean, there's no way the government can compel someone to speak in that manner. But I had professors that were exactly opposite, and I thought to myself, how did you, you have a any professor? Did you have any professors that espoused conservative? jurisprudential views that were confirmed by the Supreme Court? You know, I had one or two, um, one or two out of maybe 25 or so um, in in, in the school. But even even those particular professors were very um, reluctant to kind of push. They kind of hinted to uh, that fact, but they, they were never out forth, you know, and forthcoming. But, you know, as in the law, I mean, when the Supreme Court rules on something, they rule on something, whether or not, you know, it's uh, it's, it's what you believe or not. It's, it's still the law until, well, you change it. And did you have leftist professors making claims 
definitive claims as to what the law is or will be only to have their views um, discarded by the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Yeah. All the time, especially in the cake bake issue, the uh, the cake baker out of Colorado. I mean, we had conferences about it and talks about it and special guests would come from D.C., from different political packs would speak on it. How, you know, how the cake baker was wrong for not providing the cake for the same sex couple. And and, you know, you look at the law and you say, how? I mean, as a lawyer, I mean, that's not within the law. The government cannot compel you to speak. Um, and they made a if you had a chance to listen to the Supreme Court case, uh, now all this stuff is recorded. It's amazing. I think since 1992 or 96, they start recording every Supreme Court oral argument, which is amazing to listen to. If you ever listen to that, they, uh, the uh, the counsel to the cake baker mentioned a very good um, analogy. She says if 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 I was a if I, if I had an African American woodworker that owned a shop. And a, a white supremacist was to walk in from the KKK, perhaps, and say, uh, Mr. Woodworker, I would like you to make me a big wooden cross, and I'm going to use it for a rally tonight. <laughs> the man would be like, no, absolutely not. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in what you're going to do. I will not make you the wooden cross to burn tonight. Um, you can go somewhere else. I mean, if you flip the analogy on its head and, and, and use that, the left still does not understand that they, they still think – they are always right no matter what you do. Well, it's even worse than that, unfortunately, as hard as it may be to believe, because they believe that the example that you aptly gave about the cross burning, they would say, well, that's not speech. Uh, you, th- that's hate speech, and therefore you can always reject it because oh, we, right. the left, can determine between good speech and bad speech, and mm-hmm. good speech is always protected and bad speech is always punished. And so according to the left, if you don't want to participate in a um, same-sex marriage, well, that's bad uh, behavior. You should be compelled. But if you don't want to participate in a cross-burning, that's also uh, uh, bad behavior. Uh, And so you're free not to. And so the left wants to stand in judgment uh, and determine whether or not your speech should be free. And that it's it's somewhat ironic. Dave and I have talked about this now for years. Constantly. <laughs> for years, right? Isn't it remarkable? Yeah. It never it, it doesn't seem to change, although in truth it, it's been slowly changing, luckily. Um where the left no longer believes in free speech and they were the instigators of the free speech movement in Berkeley yep. in the sixties. And now they've abandoned free speech. And that's why this governor out of Montana, who's a Democrat, vetoed a bill that would have guaranteed, like we passed in Arkansas. I will mockingly say this is a joke, folks, in backwards Arkansas, right? I don't think we're backwards at all, but this is the point. Many in the elite uh, liberal enclaves of America look askance upon Arkansas. I came here happily, but they look askance upon Arkansas as being backwards. And yet leftists like this Montana governor says no free speech on campuses. And really what he's saying, because free speech on campus means we will allow conservatives to think and speak. That's what it means. There's free speech for leftists on campus already. And so when the leftists, like this Montana governor, says no free speech on on campus, 
he's telling you no conservative speech on campus. That's the real tragedy here. The left has abandoned the notion of free speech, and to them, free speech means leftist speech shall be free. All other speech is not speech, even though we call it speech. It's absurd. It's really, I heard a great line today. Apparently, it's not a new line, but it was new to me. And, hey, leftists, the novel 1984 is not an instruction manual. Right? It's not something that right. you should be observing and trying to implement, but they are. And in enclaves of leftism, like academia, in many circles, they've been successful. And it's tragic. And you you have confirmed how biased to the left legal academia is. And what's even more interesting is they're teaching you. It's one thing to say, look, here's the debate. Dave and I have discussed what the debate on the Cake Baker case was. I said, look, you can't refuse to serve a gay couple that comes into a diner and orders scrambled eggs because nothing about making scrambled eggs is participating. Is artistic. Is artistic or speech-like. You're serving you're, them food right. and you can't refuse to serve gay people because they're gay. Uh, that's immoral. But, but you see, Robert, the, yeah. the, 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 the one thing that, that people don't understand, they don't understand that. You could talk about the analogy because you have a legal background. You, Dave, uh, you know, understand that. But talking to a regular person, they will never know. I yeah. mean, they, 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 won't, they won't understand that. They say, what do you mean? Eggs are the same thing as a cake. Well, not, not, not really. Um, you know, but how do your professors not know that? Or at least yeah. how do they not entertain legitimately and significantly that part of the debate that prevailed, that prevailed. I remember I was in the minority when I said that part of Obamacare, that's the mandate is going to fail. And and people laughed at me. And sure enough, Supreme Court struck it down. We got to go to break, right? We got to take a break. Yeah. And when we come back, uh, Joey, let me ask you this question. I want you to talk a little bit today. A big uh, legal decision came up from the Jeremy Hutchinson side. Uh, and he has pled guilty now. Let's let's talk about why we think that might have happened when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Conduit News with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Their website, conduitnews.com. Robert's here. I'm here. We'll be back. we got more to talk about. And a strange story I have for you. Off the uh, East Coast, scientists have discovered the world's largest Fresh water aquifer, and it is underneath the ocean floor. That's coming up. We'll talk about that too here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you here. Joy Williams is with us from Conduit News, and uh, we got three minutes until we get to the news. We've got Robert here. Robert uh, is with us today on Robert Steinbach. And uh, his opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily of the Bowen School of Law or UALR, though they should be. I always like to throw that in. It drives him crazy over at this school. But with that, with that said, uh, l- let's talk about uh, something really, really quick. Since we've got only three minutes, let me just ask you uh, this, Joey. Are you going to watch the Democratic debates Thursday and Friday night? Oh, I will. Uh, I'm going to pop some popcorn, and I'm going to watch it front and center. Okay, and why? Because I, I want to see each one of them outlast themselves. I think it's going to be a, <laughs> same, a, a circus. Same way with me. 
It's going to be great. Go ahead. It's going to, it's going to be a circus and it's going to be, you know, to see how far left each candidate is going to try to up and over left each other is going to be going to be quite a entertaining thing to watch and plus you know it, it's good to see the other side and i've always been a proponent of going to every presidential speech even democrats or republicans i've been to many bill clinton events and hillary clinton events and when donald trump was here in bentonville i went to that it's historical it's important to watch it's, it's important to keep your eyes on uh, the subject matter at hand because it's going to be a, it's going to be a fight regardless all right, so Robert, who do you think will go the furthest left? Oh my during, gosh! During this, I, I, you know, that's like asking me who's my favorite fascist. I, like, I don't know how to answer a question. Who, who's going to go the furthest left? You know, this is when the flat earthers come out. I think they're all going to fall off the cliff. They may. Yeah. You know, Warren is upset because she got to go Thursday night. She's not going to be with what everybody thinks are the. Upper echelon is is Wednesday's the higher polling people, or is it a random split? No, Thursday and Friday. That's the two I mean, nights. Oh, oh, she's going. Oh, but so no. is Friday the higher echelon, or is it just a random split? I guess the way that they did it is that first of all, you had to have raised X amount of dollars, and then you had to have X amount of people that uh, identified with you. So, you know, on their uh, I don't know Twitter accounts or something like that, and uh, she. She made it in under by the skin of her teeth, basically. But then once they made it in, how were the two shows cut randomly? Do you know, Joey? Uh, I'm not sure yeah. on how they do that. I you know, they change the rule every month. So yeah, exactly. it's really they do. hard to exactly. tell. And if, if Bernie wins, they're going to rig it against them anyway. So you know how that works. Yeah, well, so bottom line is I'll have that information when we come back. Let's break for the news. Joey, you sit uh, tight there. Go get yourself something to 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 drink or whatever and uh, we'll be back in just a few moments but right now here's your news all right back on the dave ellswick show uh joey williams is with us from uh, conduitnews.com uh, go there check out their articles each day and i and robert uh, steinbach's here okay guys here's what happened they went through all the rigmarole to de- to come up with the 24 people that were going to be allowed to debate, then all they did is throw their names in a box and pull out names, 12 and 12. <laughs> and that, that's how they determine who's going to be Thursday, who's going to be Friday. Uh, let me go and give you the list here. Who do we got? The first debate will be, by the way, will be uh, hosted by Lester Holt. Uh, and then the people that are, why are they holding debates this way? You don't need to know that. But let me give you the candidates. On the first night, on the first night, yeah, this together. Uh, First night, Wednesday debate features Warren, O'Rourke, Booker, Klobuchar, uh, Jay Inslee. By the way, in this article, they made sure they said Washington governor so you'd know who the guy was. Uh, Former HUD secretary Julian Castro. Hawaii Representative uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who, uh, by the way, uh, 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 she's a military. Whitney vet. Whitney was interested in her a little bit. She's an interesting ca- uh, candidate. Yeah, in fact, she yeah. has an interesting history. 
New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, your favorite oh candidate. Oh, my gosh. De blah, blah, Blasio. <laughs> Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan and former Maryland Rep John Delaney. That's the 12 for Wednesday. Thursday night, it will be Biden on the stage alongside Sanders, Harris, uh, Buttigieg or whatever Buttigieg. his name yeah. Yeah. New York Senator Kristen Gillibrand. Gillibrand, I keep telling you. Colorado <laughs> Senator Michael Bennett. Former uh, Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper. California Representative Eric Swalwell. Oh, gosh. <laughs> entrepreneur Andrew Yang. And self-help author Marianne Williamson. Who? Yeah, I know. What? Yeah, I know. What? She's got a following. What Joey, are you on that stage also? <laughs> uh, I don't. I didn't see my name pop up. Oh my okay, gosh. but those are the ones that 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 are going to be there. I I'm going to. I'm like Joey. I'm going to watch it for the simple reason. You know, somebody like Warren is going to talk about all the money she wants to spend to pay off people's college loans, and then O'Rourke is going to go and say. I want to spend $5 trillion for global warming. And they're all going to start throwing all these numbers out. And Lester Holt will never say, how are you going to pay for it? That will never be a question, I predict, the night of the debate. How are you guys going to pay for this? I I suspect that question may come up, and they're all going to say the same thing. We're going to raise taxes. We're going to go after the rich people. Well, as if the money is just there and there and there to be taken. Well, that's something now that you guys write about over on Conduit uh, News, uh, Joey. We what, do. We, we really write thing, about that. What's the big and, thing and, people don't figure out when they say they're only going to tax the rich? I, I think that the way that, that people legislate things, to be, to be exact, is, is, is the fact that when, when a tax comes down or somebody says they're going to create a new program, they're going to uh, – they have this great idea, no one ever asks how much. I, I think that people just don't, don't care or they're not being fed the correct news, and that is so dangerous because – you know, it, it's all about how you spend information. You know, uh, a tax increase here and overspending here adds up. And it seems like they don't feel the pain immediately. It doesn't mean uh, they're not going to move move through a, a, a hurtful financial quarter, you know, when, when it comes to pass. So, uh, you know, Conduit has spent uh, so much time and, and energy really researching you know, what these taxes do, you know, very little on the federal side, mostly in Arkansas. But, um, you know, it, people need to know this. And and politicians just just pull things out of the air. You can pass a law all day, get rid of gravity. It doesn't mean gravity is going to disappear. Bottom line is there ain't no such thing. My daddy taught me this early. Ain't no such thing as a money tree growing in the backyard. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, nothing is free. We've all heard that there is no free lunch. That is because there is nothing, absolutely nothing, except for the grace of God, that is free. I, I, what I've been saying now, and what I think conservatives need to say, and many do, I don't claim to be alone in this, is when the lefties say, well, don't you want this, and don't you need that? And, and my response is, no, no, don't need it. Yeah. This is the thing. They, they, they seem to believe that they can shame us into growing government and overspending. 
And I think the answer is you've got enough money. You can shuffle it however you want, but I'm not giving over anymore. Now, well, when you when you run against Santa Claus, I mean, it, it's so <laughs> enticing to young people. I mean, he's going to vote against Santa. I promise you, free education, free college, free money, free this, free that. I think that's the main issue with younger people today. They don't understand that number one, like they've just alluded to, nothing's free, and number two, the rich people aren't going to pay for it because they do enough in this country to set up to set up jobs and, and corporations to give people work and, and to provide so much for every infrastructure in our country. I, I believe a recent poll came out that uh, the top 1% in our country pay over like 78% of taxes. Yep. We should be thanking them. We should all write a thank you note to the top 1% for all they do for each and every American. No, don't and, say that. Don't say that. Like Antifa is going to put a bullseye on you, bud. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's it, it, talking about conservatism versus liberalism. I, I always thought about this and that that liberalism is an ideology and conservatism is not. Conservatism is simply looking to the past and looking uh, to our nation's history to see what worked and what didn't. But liberalism is simply an ideology. And and what have we done as conservatives, I I question this often, that younger people in our country choose this idea of totalitarianism or socialism over freedom – I mean, I think it's uh, the inherent right or inherent uh, nature of, of young young people to to rebel, at least you know, be free from their parents, right? In, in a good sense, um, but we we lost that battle for some reason. And and when I look around, I go to a lot of Tea Party meetings and Republican meetings, and I look around. No offense, I see older people, um, and that bothers me. You know, that really bothers me that we we can't attract the young people uh, just. Just to be free. I mean, who, who wants to vote against freedom? And that's so it, it bewilders me and puzzles me every okay. day. Well, let me just ask this question, Joey. I mean, I, I'm a Christian now. I'm a, but when I was younger, I professed Christianity. wasn't really living Christian like. And uh, you know, when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-two, uh, I was drinking at fraternity parties and chasing skirts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that is the you know typical young person is thinking about the hedonistic part of their life and not about you know the uh, intellectual part of their life. I, I think that's that's right, Dave. I, and it's unfortunate because you know things can change so quickly with one single election, uh, whether it be local or on the federal side. We, we have the power to change something locally very quickly. You know, in, in a handful of years, we can actually make a difference. But, you know, Ron, I believe Senator Ron Paul made a great speech when he left the Senate and when he retired. I don't know if you all had a chance to listen to him. And he, had, he, he said something very similar. He said, you know, what have we done to, to turn people away from this idea of freedom? You know, it should be a, 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 a common sense. Well, common sense is so common, as you guys mentioned earlier, but it should be a common sense way to run. And I think we need to do something as conservatives to really appeal to, to younger people. And I think that there are young youngsters out there. Um, they're just afraid to speak up because, again, they're all in college or on grade school and teachers are, for the most part, very, very liberal. And, um, you know, they indoctrinate the kids every day. Um, colleges are even worse. Um, you know, so I, I think we really need to need to put the message out there. And, and, and Conduit is really a great source of doing that. And they've written 
great articles and, and tried to reach as many people as possible on just facts. You know, as Adams once said, facts are stubborn things. You can't argue with them. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. But yeah, I blame us parents as well. Uh, we should be down at our high schools pounding on the desk saying, why are you allowing these teachers to teach this crap uh, in, in our school system? Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree. You know, I, I think that's an awesome point as well, uh, parenting and, and parents in general. You know, one of the earliest memories I have of my grandmother um, in Philadelphia, she came to live with us out of Arkansas many, many years ago. And uh, I remember she lost her job. She worked at, at a convenience store. And she lost her job, and she, she took me down to the unemployment office in downtown Philly. It was worse then than it is now. You know, lines were very long. And uh, she, she applied for unemployment, and two weeks later she found a new job, and she took me back to the unemployment office. We waited in line. She goes, you know, this is my name. I like to be off of unemployment. And the whole staff behind the counter were shocked. They said, why would you do this? She goes, well, I found the job. It's it's not – I don't need unemployment anymore. And things like that, those examples really, uh, really encourage me to think for myself and really have these conservative values I have today. And it all comes down to parenting. You know, my parents used to ask me questions when I was a kid. Now, what do I think? And kind of point me in the right direction. And and that's really important, Dave. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It, it, parenting is a big, big deal. Well, and I agree with that. And uh, if our schools are misleading our children, if our colleges are misleading our uh, our children, then we have ourselves to blame. I honestly well, uh, believe that. Well, and as uh, as Joey discussed before, he he's got a bunch of professors in law school that are te- are telling him the law is one way, and the Supreme Court says uh, no. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's perfectly fine for them to say, well, here's one side and we like this side better. But my impression from what Joey describes is that's not what they're doing. They say, no, no, the only way this can come out correct is this way. And sure enough, it comes out the other way. So that's that's not teaching. That's preaching. It rhymes, but it's different. All right. Let's exactly. Take, let's take a final break and then we'll come back and finish up. Don't forget conduitnews.com. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, so let uh, Joey let's let's talk about the Supreme Court today. Uh, Gorsuch and uh, Kavanaugh disagreed again uh, today. These uh, two saw opposing sides. This one dealing with on whether a law that slaps harsher penalties on certain gun possession cases is unconstitutionally vague. Now, I don't have the particular law in front of me, but I'm going to tell you what, Gorsuch cited with the liberal justices in a 5-4 decision in United States versus Davis, for which he wrote the opinion of the court, the law in question calls for longer sentences when a person uses a firearm in connection with a crime of violence, which is defined as a felony that by its nature involves a substantial risk that physical force against the person or property of another may be used in the course of committing the offense. And Gorsuch said that uh, definition is rather confusing. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall on the side of Gorsuch on this. I mean, you're asking here for 
a lot of you know people to make up their mind not on law but on you know subjective determinations of what what that I just read meant. Uh, would you agree that they were right in uh, striking it down, Robert? I've told you many times, Dave, on this show that true conservatism believes in limited government. Now, that doesn't mean we don't believe in law enforcement. We do. Conservatives overwhelmingly tend to be law and order types, me included. So how do you merge those two things together? You should be strongly uh, law and order type. You should be for a vigorous police and enforcing uh, the laws well. But the laws have to be specific and direct. So it should never be the case that you get dragged into court and charged with a crime from some vague statute. Now, I can't tell you what this specific statute says or doesn't say, so I don't know how vague or if it's vague at all. But the notion that you should be punished because some judge says, well, you know, you may not have known it, but actually that's illegal because this grouping of words that nobody can decipher means you got to go to jail. No dice. That's not conservative. You can be law and order type. If you murder someone, everybody knows what murder is. But if you're involved in a crime of violence and that's an enhancement and then there's another enhancement for the use of a firearm, well, is a, does a use include having the firearm in the trunk of the car, having it in the seat back behind you, having it on your person? Where do, There needs to be specificity in the law in particular – when it comes to criminal charges, because guess what? Even though for the most part, the folks that go to jail have done the crime with which or of which they've been accused, I don't want any innocent person going to jail. And that includes a person who might be convicted of a charge due to its vagueness. So as a notion, I am supportive of Gorsuch. Of Gorsuch. As to the specific facts of this case, I don't know what the statute said. All right. What do you think, Joey? I totally agree. I think the the word use is has been brought up in the Supreme Court before. Uh, there's a case from, gosh, first year of law school, uh, was it Smith v. U.S.? I believe that using a uh, handgun in the commission of a crime, I believe you add an extra 20 years if it was a drug crime. A guy was convicted of, of trading a pistol for, a, I think, a couple of pounds of cocaine, and he was he got tacked on an extra 20 years. He was already guilty, but the fact of, you know, the Supreme Court said, hey, that counts as, you know, using a weapon in commission of a crime. I think uh, um, Alito and some other justices um, stood up and said, well, you can use a gun to scratch your head. You could use a gun as a doorstop. You can use a gun as a bookmark. Uh, so if you use a pistol in this particular fashion, then you're found guilty, too vague. Supreme Court disagreed. Uh, but I think I think I'm, I'm on board with you guys. I believe this is way too vague. If, if you're going to convict somebody, it's a state's responsibility to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt of the, every single element of the crime. And I think that's the way our laws our, our laws are set up, and it's very much constitutional. And send it back to the legislator. If they want to change it, they can change it to be more exact and more particular. And I think this is a big distinction between the Gorsuch types and – they use Kavanaugh as an example. But there are many, meaning there are those who are much more about freedom and – skeptical of overreach by the government in any context, and then there are those that are more statists. And you know how we see that difference in the state uh, here in Arkansas? 
those who are skeptical of government uh, overreach, uh, Kim Hammer, Bob Ballinger, they support freedom of speech for uh, government employees. They don't want the government telling their employees what the go- what the employees can say on their off time at home on Facebook in their footsie pajamas at nine thirty at night. But the statists, they want to allow bureau hacks to determine what off-duty government employees are saying at home. That's what we have to be ever vigilant against. Don't let the statists take over. Of course, the Democratic Party is made up of statists, right? We talked about that earlier when we talked about the Montana governor who said, "Yeah, you don't need that free speech on campus. Let the bureau hacks decide what speech should be allowed. And, of course, that equals leftist speech. And you see conservatives say the same thing from time to time. And we had that in this debate this past session over the free speech for government employees. We're going to bring that bill up again, and we're going to pass that bill, and we're going to crush the statists because the statists have allied themselves with the leftists, and it's an embarrassment to the Republican Party. All right. So before we leave today, I promise everybody i tell you about this story. Scientists have found a gigantic freshwater aquifer hidden deep below the ocean. A surprising discovery from a new survey of the sub-seafloor off the northeast U.S. coast by researchers from Columbia University appears to be the largest formation of this type anywhere in the world, stretching from Massachusetts to New Jersey and extending continuously out about 50 miles to the edge of the continental shelf. Researchers said that if it was discovered on the surface, it would create a lake covering some 15,000 square miles. Now, evidently, this occurs in other places in the world, and they're very interested to start getting out and doing some studying. It says, uh, we don't need this much water in, for instance, their particular region, but if we can show there are large aquifers in other regions, that might potentially represent a resource in places like Southern California, Australia, the Mideast, or the Saharan Africa, uh, study co-author and geophysicist Kerry Key said in a statement. I never thought I'd ever hear a story saying there's tons of fresh water under the salt water in our oceans. Unbelievable story. There's water out there. There is definitely that. Hey, Joey, it's been a pleasure, man. Listen, I, I, it's been an absolute pleasure of mine to be part of the program. Hopefully I can do this again. You guys are awesome, and I, I listen to you as much as I can, and, and keep up the great work. You guys do a wonderful job. Just tell Brenda and uh, and Joe to give it up. <laughs> Will do. All Will right. Do. Talk to you later. Don't forget. Thanks, Joe. com. We're out of time. Robert, thanks for coming in. Thank you. God it's bless. It's been great. Whitney Davis, thank you for coming in. Elizabeth Sotolaro, thank you for coming in. Tomorrow, it will be the Power Panel and the Bible Guys here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.